baby boom ba 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 baby ba ba Hey everybody, welcome back to the Scrap City Sports, your favorite place for all things Chicago sports. I'm Josh, along with Christopher and the Chef Roy here today, uh, getting ready to bring you some of our awesome Chicago sports stuff. We got some Cubs clinching their postseason and uh, getting ready to play the the Pirates. We got some Bears struggles, uh, dealing with the Bulls. Struggles probably isn't even the word to use. Uh, yeah, dealing with the Bulls and uh, that whole circus that goes on there. Um, and, uh, of course, also the Blackhawks and uh, the drama we have and, and stuff going on there. So uh, before we get started, it's uh, it's October, October 2nd, I'm pretty sure, right? Is that correct? It's the 3rd. It's October 3rd. It's the 3rd. <laughs> Josh is a daily dinosaur. I know. Um, it's October 3rd. What, uh, what are you guys being for Halloween? You only got 28 days. Yeah, we were trying to, I mean, normally we do a, something as a group. Um, last year we did professional re- old school professional wrestling. That was really good. Uh, I was stone cold in my bald head. That was I definitely had the coolest. I was Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was Undertaker, and people thought I was just a drag queen. So <laughs> it's a little disappointing, but still cool nonetheless. Um, definitely. Year before yeah. we were Ghostbusters. Yeah, that was a good one. That was cool. Where, I uh, had one guy tell me what the hell happened, Hogan. You were in shape. <laughs> Man, I think we're running a little low on ideas. Uh, our best idea was if anybody's ever watched the TV show The Leftovers. Uh, on HBO, awesome TV show by the way. If anybody wants to catch it, actually uh, tomorrow night, you said Christopher Wright starts second yeah, season. I believe October fourth. Really good show, um, really weird. But there's a group called the Guilty Remnant, which essentially is a cult that wears all white and chain smokes cigarettes and doesn't speak. Follow, yeah, follows people around and doesn't speak and just is weird. So that that's our best uh, best bet. I but think we would naturally be this like in real life. <laughs> so maybe not as good as a as a as a Halloween costume, but yeah, we. <laughs> Just be we don't normally wear all white and walk around chain smoking, though. <laughs> That's kind of the big part. Yeah, my biggest thing is where are we going to find white je- white jeans at? But oh, we, I don't know. We can figure that out. We can. <laughs> Aren't you like just bleach them? Don't they say not to wear anything white after Labor Day or something like that? Uh, who says yeah. that? Who says that anymore? Fashion experts. Well, do you do you Granted, know I don't, fashion? I mean, no, no. Look at the way I'm dressed. <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm, I'm wearing a neon green, neon orange T-shirt and pants that definitely don't fit me. They're no, keep falling that, off. So that that quote is from. Uh, that's a re- that's a real thing. It's a real quote. Don't wear white after Labor Day. That's right. a real. No, no, no. Like no, no. A real I'm saying, thing. do you even know fashion? That was oh. this this guy at work that um doesn't. I don't really understand fully his anything that he does. He asked me one day, do you even know fashion, bro? <laughs> After he saw some guy wearing like a just the bolo part of the, no, not a bolo. The thing that pushes out a tie in like the 1920s or 1930s. <laughs> uh, and I was like, what is that guy wearing? And and he's like, do you even know fashion, bro? And I was, <laughs> I just Ever since then, I just, that's what I say. Uh, we got to figure this whole thing out. If you got any ideas for us, uh, what you want to see us look like a bunch of uh, stooges in, you can... Uh, Go to Scrap City Sports or Scrap City. Uh, tweet Scrap- us. Yeah, you can tweet us. Tweet at- us what you want us to dress up for for Halloween, and 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 we will definitely take that with the with a grain of salt and and, and use the best. Uh, I, if somebody really, if somebody really just tweets, Josh should wear this. I will for sure do whatever that is. I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I mean, I'm going to hold you to that. I know. I'm really scared, but well, that's all right. What was? I think our original idea was to wear Batman villain costumes. Mm-hmm. I would, dude, I would have been a dope penguin. Yeah, that's not a bad I think, idea. Well, we, but I don't want to be the Joker because everybody's no, always No, I wanted to be the Joker. You want to be the Joker? I think we had Carmen as uh, Two-Face. Yeah. 
Jack, Jack, Josh, what are you going to be? I don't know. Catwoman? I'm, I'm not a big cat. Yeah, I can be Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you could have been Riddler, man. Ooh, Riddler's a good one. Yeah. Jim Carrey was a really good Riddler. He was. I, I like that. They they said that's one of the worst Batmans ever, but the Riddler. Yeah, but with uh, with Jim Carrey and I can uh, even be Bane, dude. I got the body. I for still, it. I Who still was, think, I still think that the Dark Knight was probably the best Batman movie of all time. With uh, yeah, what was the guy's name? Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah. Heath, Heath Ledger. Rest, Rest in peace. That Heath. was that yeah. was one of the, that was one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, His Joker. He was, he was, it's, he was it's, yeah, it's he considered was one of the best performances on, on movie stuff ever. So, yeah, it was it was good. Why so serious? <laughs> yeah. That was That's awesome. what Batman sounded like. Batman just, Christian Bale just sounded like he had something in his throat the whole time, ball of hair. So, um, we actually can be really excited here in Chicago because. Because of what? Because it won't. Come with! There go. Because we're going with the Cubs. I'm 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 not even a Cubs fan, so don't even give me that. But this is the part I, I do of love the show Chicago where sports. I leave. Yeah, and, and, you know, Roy's a big hater. It's, I as much as I want to say that, you know, that I am a diehard Chicago sports fan, never really rooted or cheered for the Cubs. But I don't understand this year. I do not hate them. You know, like normally White Sox fans and Cubs fans, there's like a definite line you don't really find somebody who roots for both yeah. and normally because there's fan, no such thing you're right normally cubs fans hate Sox fans Sox fans hate cubs fans you know vice versa the teams hate each other but for whatever reason i cannot find a reason why i hate the cubs this year it's and i i just i can tell it's you not why. that i'm a fan of them i just i i, I kind of want to see them win i don't it's, know why it's because they've done it the right way you've gotten a good manager You've you've done the farm system thing. You have a bunch of young, really likable guys that are there just playing to be playing, and 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 they did it the right way. They didn't do it, you know. A lot of people hate the Cleveland Cavaliers, or they hated the Miami Heat. Why did they do that? Because they went out and they spent a whole bunch of money. A lot of people hated the Yankees for years upon years. Yeah. Why? Because they went out and spent a whole bunch and of money. Bought championships. Yep. What you would say is they bought championships. A lot of people, a lot of people would say that about you know a lot of teams that have that have done that. And so that's why you like the Cubs, because they've done it what you would say the purest, the right way. You've brought people up from your system. You've made, you know, a couple big acquisitions with trades, but for the most part, huge acquisitions, actually. But you've done it the right way. You've made good decisions left and, you know, left and right, who you're going to let go, who you're going to keep. You know, even when you had a problem there between, you know, who's going to be your shortstop, second baseman, you know, they've they've handled that really well and they've made the right decisions. And so. You know, it's it's easy for, you know, the nation really to, for most part, be Cubs fans in, in the sense of, they you know, you don't want to root against them. You're not rooting against them. You may not be a fan of the Cubs, but you're not rooting adamantly against them like you may in, you know, at the beginning of the year when you saw the Cubs and you're a White Sox fan. And you're like, I just want them to go, you know, over. So see here's my thing. And I, and I think we've all talked about, this, especially me and you, Christopher, like I don't mind the Cub fans that have been there. From the beginning, they went through these last, what is it, seven years since they made the playoffs. They went through the hard times and they watched their team every day. And, and they, they, they're the ones that deserve this. But then you got the people who just jump on the bandwagon and, and they don't know how to act. Like, act, you always say, what do I, I get this from you. Act, act, like, act like you've been there. Right, right. And they don't, some of them don't act like they've been there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for me, I mean, I respect what they've done. You, How can you take away what they've done? They're, they're a good team. And Josh, like you just said, they did it the right way. They made all the right moves. They brought up kids and... I mean, they, some, some of these guys are like 21, 22 years old. I think their average age is like 25 or something like that. And they did it the right way. You can't take that away from them. But just 
Can for we these talk fans? about? Can we just talk about for a second? You know, you, we're talking about the farm system the Cubs bringing up. Let's just talk about the job that the Cubs organization did getting Jake Arrieta. Yeah. Because that was somebody that obviously hasn't started in the Cubs farm system, and he came over from the Baltimore Orioles in what you look at it now is a crazy trade. Yeah, like if the Baltimore Orioles could could hit the the reverse button, they I'm would sure they had Jake Arrieta in, in their rotation right now. They had, they had the the Cubs traded Scott Feldman, who nobody probably remembers now, for Jake Arrieta, who is possibly going to win the Cy Young Award, and Pedro Strope, who is a key part of the Cubs bullpen. So that in itself is, you know, just that, you know, for a trade like that to work out like it has is a miracle because that doesn't happen every day, especially when you trade a guy who is like a, you know, a journeyman pitcher in Feldman, you know, to a, to a Baltimore team that was trying to get over the the hump at that point, um, past the Yankees and, um, and, you know, wind up with essentially a Cy Young winning Cy Young uh, caliber pitcher in in Jake Arrieta and a, and a really solid, um, bullpen, bullpen reliever in Pedro Strope. So, you know, that in itself is, is crazy. Like I said, when you, when you see teams and, and, you know, managers and, and GMs do things the right way, it's hard to be able to, it's hard to be, you know, to root against them, even though you, they may not be, you know, your team, it's hard to root against, you know, what they're doing. Like, um, you know, for example, in football, just because I, I love football, I don't I don't I'm OK with rooting against the Patriots because I think that sometimes there's ways that they haven't done it the right way, even though I've been told everybody. Well, Car- right yeah, way. Carmen were to say if Carmen was here, he would say that the Patriots are, are 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 nothing to root for because, you know, all of the allegations that they've always had against them about cheating and. And uh, spy gate and deflate gate and all you know stealing calls and all that other stuff, yeah. They're and, they're easily they're, they're easily but, hateable teams. Exactly, and that's the thing. And so you have easily hateable teams. That's why a lot of a lot of teams really liked you know the Bulls two three years ago when they were in the playoffs going against Miami because a you were going against Miami, but you know the Bulls did it essentially the right way. They drafted, they brought people up, um, they did it through you know a couple free agent things back before uh, they got pow. And so you were able to really root for, as we would say, quote unquote, the right way, the way that, you know, the majority of the public sees it as the right way. So, you know, the Cubs are not uh, not hard to uh, root for. Um, but we have so you have so you said you said that Arietta is a scion caliber pitcher. So we have what, essentially three in that race? You'd yeah, say? it's a it's a it's a three horse race right at this point. I mean, there's only two of them come out of LA. There's only two games yep. left in the season, so nobody's popping up out of this one. In yeah. this one, but you have uh, Jake Arrieta, you have Zach Greinke, and you have Clayton Kershaw. Both, like Roy said, uh, you know, suiting up for the Dodgers, and then one of them uh, suiting up for our uh, hometown Chicago Cubs in Jake Arrieta. So, do you think? So, let me ask you this: Do you think that that hurts those two guys being on the same team? Do you think that hurts any of their either the chance? If, I mean, if, if anybody, if if it hurts anybody, I would say it hurts Clayton Kershaw only because he's been there before. He's done it. He's got to the top. He's won the award. Um, and you know Zach Greinke, yeah. as good as he's been, you know he's never been a Cy Young, right? Um, and so, to do it alongside and to, the yeah, last three previous Cy Young award winners, and ju- you know, you know just, if you just think about it, I mean, how great 
you know, is it, the LA Dodgers' chances of winning, you know, a you know a three game series or you know a, 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 a three games essentially when they have two of the Cy Young finalists in their rotation. That's a hell of a one two punch, right? And well, here so so here's how crazy is that Greinke's been. He is eighteen and three, and he has a one point six eight ERA. Jesus, man. Um, I mean, he he's only and he only has forty earned runs this year. Um, and then what? I mean, Arietta's got. Arietta Arietta's ERA is one point seven seven, so just right behind that. That is in itself is ridiculous because he started off the season kind of shaky. Yep, and then you know came has uh, come on really really strong. You know his last um, his last twenty starts. You know, you, he's, do you have his? Do you have his win loss? Uh, currently he is twenty two and six with a one point seven seven ERA. Uh, he is the he has the lowest ERA for a Cubs starter since 1920, Jeez. which was Grover Jeez. Alexander. <laughs> oh, Grover! <laughs> is that your guy? Is that your guy, Roy? Grover. Um, and then well, then and then we'll throw this. And Clayton Kershaw has is a is 16 and seven, which I think Clayton Kershaw is probably the your back end. I mean, he has a 2.16 ERA. He has 55 earned runs. Um, so I really think Clayton Kershaw, like you said, even though that's probably what has him really in this race. A, he's a phenomenal pitcher, but you know, has him in this is that he's done it before. And so the familiarity of people with him and, and how great he is and him continuing to do that. Um, I bet you with a lot of them, his past body of work really does help him inside of what he's doing right now this year. Yeah, I think just, for, I th- go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Right. I was going to say, I think for Clayton, that's going to do some good. How you were saying he's got on the back end of it. Maybe he can get the, uh, the old monkey off his back in the playoffs. Cause he hasn't won a game there. Yeah. So maybe him just not being talked about as much in the Cy Young thing. Maybe he's all like, that pressure comes off, and he's like, you know, what? I can just go out and pitch. He's like the Andy right. Dalton. I, mean, I don't have to hold. I don't have to if, be held. If you're, up. if you're the Dodgers, who do you pitch in Game One? Do you pitch? I'm, going, Grank- I'm going with Granky. Do you yeah. pick, pitch Granky or do you pitch Clayton Kershaw? I mean, what what kind of, you know, that's got to be a crazy decision for the Dodgers manager to to have to be able to pick between, you know, two of the greatest pitchers in baseball today. You know, in, in who would you Kirk- start, Christopher? I don't know. I mean, going by past history and, 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 you know, for the Dodgers, they've always had all this hype over him, over them and, um, never been able to actually advance. Yeah. I would go with Granky. I go Granky because yeah. he's even having a better year. This I mean, year. Clinton Kershaw has been that guy for them and he hasn't been able to get it done. And that's not to say it wasn't his fault, but, um, you know the team just hasn't performed the way that he he's wanted it to when he's on the bump in the playoffs. So. I mean, it hasn't been easy for him. So he did face the Cardinals a couple of times. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, Cardinal, the, our, the Cardinals in the playoffs are a different beast. Yeah, I mean they're they're they are a beast in the regular season, but playoff time. You know, as much as as much as we want to say that they choke, but they are a tough out. No matter no matter who they're going up against. I mean, they are not to be taken lightly. And 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 for the Dodgers to get beat by the Cardinals, you know, that's not that's not something to say they got beat by the, you know, you know, the doormat, the Rockies right, or something, exactly. you know, somebody a doormat of the of the NL West. So 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 let's go back let's go back to that pitching thing because the pitching uh dilemma that you have in in LA. You're going to have one of those in Chicago um, when Chicago goes their playoff or their play-in game against Pittsburgh. You're going to have to figure out whether you want to throw Arietta, who is one well, of the best pitchers. Against Pittsburgh. Is that what you said? Against Pittsburgh, yes. 
Okay. Well, it could. Okay. So, we so yeah. it could be in Pittsburgh. It could be in Chicago, depending on how these um, last two games yep. uh, so, wrap up. You yep. know, both. So uh, I, I believe both the Pirates and the Cubs. Uh, first pitch was a couple minutes ago on Saturday, so you know they have today and tomorrow to decide final seedings for you know the top one or two wild card spots. It could flip flop. Right now, Pittsburgh's at number one, uh, and the Cubs are at number two, and the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pirates would obviously have home field advantage for um for the wild card playing game. That's a hell of a division. So man. the Cubs yeah the, Cub, the Cubs are the Cubs are scratching and clawing and doing whatever they can to get that game that, that, that game one game one game playoff at Wrigley Field. Yeah. So you have so so here's the dilemma that uh you're gonna have is do you throw Jake Arrieta, who has been one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in the second half of baseball? I mean, I, you could argue he has been the best pitcher. I don't think you can argue. You have to say he he's has been the best pitcher in the second half of baseball. Jake Arrieta has had 20 consecutive quality starts in the final push of the season, and in those 20 starts, he's been he's had a he has a record of 16 and one with an ERA of .86. Yeah, in 20 games. So, so Arietta, if you were given, if you know, if you gave Cy Young first half, Cy Young second half, Arietta would win Cy Young second half hands down. There'd be no other, no other question about it. So, do you throw someone like him, who is hot, ready to go? He is the hot hand, or do you throw, throw somebody like John Lester, who has the experience, has won World Series, who knows how to handle the pressure, who's been there, done that, and and is able to maybe hasn't shown it as much as you'd like this year, but can do that. I mean. It, and I know the question comes down to because we were talking earlier about, you know, do you save Arietta for the 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 whole playoff, the the first actual round of the playoffs, not the playoff game, play in game, or but who who do you who do you throw? Yeah, you know, go, go ahead. for it. No, go for it. Go ahead. If you have, if you ask any Cub fan, you know what they've been asking for all year long, and anybody would tell you that you know when you when you're talking about the topic of John Lester. You would you would say that we do not you know any Cub fan said, was saying this all year long. You don't care how John Lester pitches in June, July, August. It doesn't matter as long as he's pitching in sep- September and October, like the contract that he was signed for. Then that's all you could ask for. And John Lester, he isn't pitching terrible, but he you know what he's not doing is he's not pitching like Jake Arrieta, <laughs> and. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you could go against that, especially when your season is, is essentially, you know, all 160 plus games are riding on one single game. How could you not put out there, you know, the best player in your organization, which is Jake Arrieta? That's hands down the best player. Best player in the Cubs organization is him. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's, let's say a little sidebar for a second. Do you like the one game play in game? I love it. You do? I love it. Yeah. Why? Uh, to me, it brings a different excitement to the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's it kind of reminds me of, uh, of of the NCAA tournament. I mean, if you're one and done, man. There is no tomorrow. You know what I mean? You have to earn that tomorrow. Yeah, that is. It, it's it's, it, it's every, just, everything's riding on every single pitch. It, you know it's what crazy I mean? to think that you play 163 games to get down to one game. You know, it's like you know the whole entire season, nothing matters. But what is currently happening? Right then and there, like you need to get that hit, you need to get that out, you need to get that double play, whatever it is, that's the most important thing, you know, for your whole entire season. So, I mean, do you, do you remember when the Sox had that one sixty three game and the blackout and all that? Right, that's exciting, man. You don't, you didn't get it all the time. So now that the fact, I mean, think about it like this: if there isn't that playing game, the Cubs are going home. 
It's that simple. You know what I mean? They as yeah, great right. as a season, they as, wouldn't as even make second, anything. Second wild card team, they're going home. Right. They're they're as great of a season they had. It wouldn't matter because they didn't do as good as the Pirates at this point. Right. That's what you know. It's just the way or it goes. Or the Cardinals. Or, or the Cardinals. Exactly. So and the so, Cardinals have owned that division from day one of this year. Yeah. Right. So even what? even when Wayne Wright went down, which now he's coming back, he he pitched the other day. Oh my day. gosh! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, what what kind of a man do you have to be? Like. I, I know he had gonna, a what a torn Achilles. Or yeah, something. I know right. that I know that we're talking about. I know that we're talking. Going to talk later about Derrick Rose and his come him coming back and and people come back from injury. But dear Lord, like you have a torn Achilles and you say, I, I want to help my team as much as I can. So if I have to come out of the bullpen, I'll I'll come pitch on a torn a torn Achilles tendon. Like that to me is is the definition of of team. That to me is the definition of Ultimate of heart. Competitor. Yeah, competitor. Um. So here here's my here's my pushback on that is. You it, it, baseball is such a different sport than any other sport because you have different people that can start. I mean, you look at basketball; it is the same five guys that start ninety percent of the time. You have you know same thing with football. You don't normally rotate in people here there for football, other than you're talking about you know wide receivers coming in here. There are different packages. You know, ba- hockey you have the same lines that start over and over. You know, your first line people. Baseball is a different different animal because you know you could have the Dodgers kind of a situation or just like the Cubs situation where you have two legitimate, you know, superstars that are there. And so is it fair to, again, they wouldn't be in at all, but is it fair to the pirates even to be able to have this one game play in where instead of a seven game series, where it seems a little bit more, you can, you, you can work your, you know, your magic, you know, Madden could, can work his magic with the the Cubs and, and make those strategic moves Instead, it is, you know, more like a basketball NCAA tournament game or, you know, a football playoff game, like win this one or you're done. And that's where I hear a lot of baseball purists that really struggle with that because in a seven game series or a five game series, you're able to make those, you know, you're able to, you know, anybody can win any make game. adjustments. As you and go the along. best team normally can come out of that because the best team isn't going to lose a seven game series versus, you know, you have one bad night. The best team could lose. A one game, you know, one game that can happen. You know, you've seen you've seen the uh, who the Cubs just get done playing. They played um, the Reds. The Re- I mean, the Cubs lost to the Reds. The Reds for for God's sakes. Um, and so that's that's my my struggle with it. I like it as a fan. It's exciting. You know, you you don't know you're on the edge of your seat. Um, you know, whether it's in Wrigley or it's in Pittsburgh, you're gonna sit there and edge your seat and watch it. But you know, for the players and for the organizations, you wonder. Is it is it is it fair, quote unquote, to be able to have just a one game series in baseball? You know, going back to what you asked, who would you start? You said Arietta, obviously, right? Right. Who would you go with, Josh? I go with Arietta. Arietta. I almost had a sneeze. It See, me I, as great as Arietta has been to me, it's all it's all circumstantial. Like, if the one game playoff is in Pittsburgh, I'm going to go with the guy who's been there. Because as great as Arietta has been all season, the playoffs are a whole different animal. You know what I'm saying? Right. The, especially on the road. You get that crowd into the game. Every pitch matters. It, it gets nasty. We all know this. You know what I mean? Now, if it's at home, then I go with Arietta because then everybody's behind you. You know what I mean? John Lester knows what it's like to pitch on the road in the playoffs when it all matters. So, for me, it's all, like I said, it's all circumstantial. Where where is this game going to end up at? But then you got to imagine make my decision from there. You got to imagine that the the trip to Pittsburgh, personally, 
personally done. It's not that big of a deal. And Chicago Cubs fans do travel well. So I guarantee... It's only a six-hour drive. I mean, it's not crazy far away. I guarantee there will be a good majority of Chicago Cubs fans there in Pittsburgh if the Cubs aren't able to catch them, which, you know, it doesn't look that good. Uh, now thinking, you know, or, or, or looking at, you know, what the Cubs have to do to get there. Uh, the, the Cubs have to win two games. The Pirates have to lose at least one. So, uh, no, they have to lose both. Yep, they have to lose so both. Cubs have to lose. Pirates have to lose. Both teams are really good. So is that going to happen? Probably not. Probably just going to be two wins for the Cubs, two wins for the, the Pirates. Okay. But um, <clears throat> looking at it. Those Brewers, look, those Brewers are playing good. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, looking at it, looking at it, and that – uh, respective, it's not. I don't think it's going to be. It you know, it's going to be a good advantage for Pittsburgh, obviously, to be at home. Right. But I think the Cubs are going to have a little bit of a comforting sense as well in Pittsburgh because Cubs fans, Blackhawks fans, Bulls fans, even Bears fans, they they travel well. Well, and not I mean, only do they travel well, I mean, the Cubs are a national organization. I mean, that's the thing is there's there are Cubs fans that live in Pittsburgh, and there are people that are just baseball fans that are going to be Cubs fans in Pittsburgh just because of who the Cubs are, their history, what Chicago is as a city. I mean, that's that's just what it's going to be. So, you know, like you said, like we said, you know, at the very beginning, you know, why are the Cubs so likable? For some of those reasons, also because they're such a huge national name. People just people just know them and, and like being a Cubs fan to be, you know, a Cubs fan, which makes Sox, some Sox fans just ungodly angry because it means that you're a, you know, a wishy-washy, uh, you know, a, a bandwagon Cubs fan. But for the most part, you know, they like to be a Cubs fan to be a Cubs fan. And so, you, like you said, there will be Cubs fans there. A, a good, you it's, know, there'll be a good majority. Yeah, and, and and you're just a simple fact that if you look at it 20, 20 some odd weeks ago when the season started, twenty six weeks ago, the Cubs and the power rankings were twenty two. Current day today, they're 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 power ranking at number three. Wow! So to have who's that, ahead of them? Uh, I don't know who's ahead of them. I just know what their their current power ranking is. But just to, just to look at that, you know, and how far they've grown this season. It's kind of remarkable, um, you know, when you look at, you know, at the beginning of the season, everybody was saying that if the club, Cubs make the playoffs, that's that a win. It's it's a bonus because they weren't expected to make the playoffs this year because they had so many young parts and so many moving pieces in the rotation and in the starting lineup that, you know, it, it wasn't expected of them, you know, heading into the season. And now you're looking at it like. The Cubs might have a legitimate shot of getting to the World Series if they could get past the Pirates. If they could get past the Pirates, I think they have a legit shot at getting to the yep. dance, and and that's all you could ask for. Because know. I think they're that team that can ride out. They're 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 a good enough team they can ride out a seven game series. So it's it, it's kind of similar to somewhat the Kansas City Royals did last year because nobody had. I'm sure the Kansas City Royals. I don't know. I don't have the stats offhand, but. I can't imagine that Kansas City Royals were high on the power rankings last year heading into the season, and then at the end of the season, they were number two, yeah. obviously best team in, the, in in baseball. So I believe the, the Royals were like at August 1st, they were like four games under five hundred. Yeah, and I mean, they, they, went they, a, they went on a tear through the last two months. Yeah, and, 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 and they haven't stopped since. Right. So you just got to hope that the Cubs don't cool down because they've been playing good for a long time. Right. You know, you, you just hope they haven't peaked yet. Right. Um, for Chicago baseball fans. So, you know, that being said, 
Um, we also, well, so on the on the opposite end of the city, and and you know, you two are both Sox fans. You have some news with with Sox fans. Uh, Chris, you just told oh, me that that's not uh, Vin, well. That Vin, <laughs> it's still news that Ventura is going to still be. Uh, yeah, he's the manager next Rick, year. Rick Hahn has already come out and publicly said that Robin Ventura will be managing the Chicago White Sox. In the uh, 2015-2016 season, or 2016-2017 season. So, it's, if for me personally, it's unfortunate. I can't remember the quote that Rick Hahn said when he said it was like, the, the, Robin Ventura puts the players in the best position to win, which I don't know what he's been watching the last three months, but are you kidding me? Robin Ventura is your best option? Really? Because clearly he hasn't watched much White Sox baseball this year. <laughs> Maybe he's been watching, you know, the Royals or he's his <laughs> television stuck on a different channel or something because it's just crazy. I mean, how you could have this much potential. I mean, we've, we talked about it before the season started when we did our MLB, MLB preview show that how much hype and how much hope was in there for the Chicago White Sox this season after after all the moves that they made. And if you look at all the moves that they made, you know, they shored up all the issues that they had. They addressed that in the offseason. They had a terrible bullpen. They addressed that. They signed Robertson, who has been up and down all year. For the most part, he's been decent. I wouldn't say he's been great. I wouldn't say he's you know a, a, a great offseason move, but he's been decent. He he's he's a lot better than what they had. Yeah. Uh, you know they they needed they needed uh, uh, top of the order guys. They needed bottom of the order guys, and they got all those guys. You know they 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 signed LaRoche. Um, you have a Brayu. You have Chris. Sale. You already I mean, had a Brayu. You had Sale. You know we brought in Melky Cabrera. You, you got Jeff Samarja. Yeah, Melky Cabrera. You know all these pieces that were 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 good and smart moves for the Chicago White Sox. And they turned into crap, and it wasn't. And it wasn't that. It wasn't that the White Sox just faded at the end of the season. We went to their home opener. And they got shut out by the Minnesota Twins. Right. They they barely got a hit. I think maybe two hits the whole game. I mean, so it's been like this the whole entire season of just nothing but crap being put out there. And then we have and they, a couple. They pull us in, and then and then just destroy and, us. Yeah. They they had a they had a little run, you know, right around the All Star break, and then just garbage. But so, there's, so there's there's only two bright spots l- literally looking forward to next season for the Chicago White Sox in Trace Thompson and uh, Saladino, you know, which which hopefully can be permanent players on you know on the scorecard for the Chicago White Sox um, because you know Trace Thompson came into the to the majors you know with his bat was on fire he was batting over f- 500 for probably over two weeks, you know, two or three weeks that he was batting over over 500 and just lighting, you know, lighting the scorecard up. Um, and, you know, he's cooled down since, but he's still hovering around 300, a 300 batting average. And he's played, you know, a, a decent amount of games where it's not like you're saying he's batting 300 and, you know, he's only had 10 at-bats or something like that. Yeah. So. Well, I think I think I think you know Jose Abreu is is a is a good bright spot to be able to have to continue on and and obviously you know Sale is is not a not a dark I mean Sale was a Cy Young you know candidate before the All Star break so yeah and then, you know that and that whole thing too is, is 
Chris Sale, you know, before the All-Star break, they sat him because they were expecting this big push for the playoffs, and then it wound up to be nothing. So it's just the, it's just been a disappointing year, you know, for the Chicago White Sox. And, you know, the only thing we can do is just hold out hope for, for next year. And, and, you know, unfortunately, in my opinion, Robin Ventura, I don't believe, is is that guy to, to manage this team to, to even a winning record, you know, for that matter. But you know, let alone to get him to the playoffs. So, so you're stuck with you're stuck with Robin Ventura for for next year at least, at least with uh, with what uh, what the word was. So, what do you have to do next year to be able to change the fortune of the White Sox and make it into the playoffs, or make make at least a push to make it interesting towards the end, rather than having to talk about the Cubs the entire time? Well. We got to play better overall in all aspects of the game. We, we had way too many errors. I mean, this has got to be one of the worst defensive teams I've seen in a long time. Oh, with by the White far. Sox. You know what I mean? It, even when the pitching was on, the hitting was t- it sucked. It was terrible. And then when the hitting come on, the pitching comes on, it just gives up runs out of nowhere. I mean, I was just watching um, briefly a couple days ago when they were playing the Royals. First inning, first three guys get singles. At the end of the first inning, the Sox still had zero. How do you manufacture runs when you have three straight hits and you get nothing out of it? It's terrible. That is, that's just atrocious. I mean, as as a fan, I am just utterly disgusted with the Chicago White Sox. And there's, there's, and I, for the most part, I watched them pretty much the whole entire year up until NFL season started. And then I'm like, okay, I have something else to take my attention away for it. Thank God. Because I don't know how many games you would watch where they just, they could get they they would get hits. And it wasn't that they were a poor hitting team. They could not drive in runs for the life of them. Exactly. I mean, they they could string two or three hits together, and they they come up with a goose egg, like I just mentioned. I mean, and and the, the messed up part is they'd have extra base hits mixed in there, and still only get maybe one or no runs. Exactly. Which is is inexcusable. For a major league team, I mean, and, and especially that's, you got guys in runners scoring, runners in scoring position. And the thing that nothing. I don't understand is when you have when you're when you are when you are getting multiple hits in a row, how you manufacture no runs. That's got to be managing. I mean, other than that, and coaching. I mean, your 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 base running coaches and your manager. I mean, they had so many base running errors as well throughout the whole season. It was ridiculous, but. You know, I'm. I believe their their bench coach isn't coming back. Mark Parent, he came in with Robin. Uh, they're getting rid of him, and they're, I guess they're looking for what Han's saying is he's looking for someone who's more into the analytical part of baseball to well, try to try to get better in that aspect. Which I guess is a good move. I personally don't like Rick Han either. Yeah, I mean he's just a puppet for for uh, Kenny Williams, anyways. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it, it's it's just crazy. I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf needs to get his head out of his rear end, just clean and, house, and and make some smart baseball moves. I mean, it's a good point that you make because the White Sox are fourth to last in runs scored with, I believe, six eighteen. The only people below them are the Phillies at six seventeen, the Marlins at six oh six, and the Braves at five sixty five. I mean, and yeah, last. when you're in those teams' categories, <laughs> it is not a good thing. I pumped the fist. At least we're not oh last. Oh my god. Man. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I lied. Houston, Houston's down there too. They're at six eleven. And no, that's runs allowed. Sorry, that's runs allowed. Run, though Houston's in the middle of a playoff run. Yeah. Which? Sorry, that was that was runs allowed. I apologize. I was, oh, okay. I was, I was wrong. That was they have seven hundred twenty runs scored. So, 
<laughs> that's that's quite, way quite off, a quite the difference with there. But I mean, you know, and so and so that's I mean, you know, you have just kind of all aspects. It's it's tough to be able to even talk about it because you have all aspects of the White Sox are just sort of in the the basement. You know, your your pitching's hot, then it's not. And the biggest thing in baseball to be able to say, which is why I really like the seven game playoff versus the one, is consistency. You know, is consistency. How consistent can you be? Can you continue on hitting like you do? Can you continue on pitching Not to mention, like you're supposed to? The one game playoff reminds me exactly of this. <laughs> Nothing but drama. Have you have you have you ever seen the the video that goes with that? The uh, it's like a it's a oh it's not a squirrel. What's the little things that live? A meerkat. <laughs> it's like a meerkat or a gopher or something like that. Yeah, it's that a just, gopher. Yeah, the gopher. The, just the gopher quick, just quickly turns. Yeah, its turns head. his head and looks at the camera. <laughs> That's awesome. Carmen would not approve of this conversation. Yeah, Carmen way. doesn't like conversations where we have to explain about videos. internet and and internet videos. He does not like that. Okay, yeah. I know there's not much to acknowledge in the salsa, but can we at least acknowledge the fact that Chris Sale broke a, a hundred over a hundred year old record? I mean, he was the only shining star. Oh, you know, yeah. Abreu did too. Actually, Abreu's in the. And now he's like the second player next to Albert Pujols with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs in his first, first in his first two seasons. Yeah. So him and Chris Sale, I mean, Chris Sale is 13 or 11, but I guarantee you 11 of those losses were probably like it's not 11. I'm sorry, half of those losses were like two to one ball games. Yeah. Because Chris Sale doesn't. They're not his great. fault. No, I mean the the Sox weren't they just weren't scoring runs. Chris, how many times do we see games where Chris Sale goes out and throws a gem and he gets nothing? Yeah. Okay, so before we move on, I want to ask you a question about that because I, I heard that the Jose Abreu stat, um, you know, the Albert Pujols. My question is this: does does it does it count? And I'm I'm using air quotes that nobody can see, but does it count? Because Jose Abreu is a grown freaking man who's coming here. I mean, he was what twenty seven when he came in the league. Am I correct? Twenty twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. Twenty six. We came in the league. And Albert Pujols did that when he was, I mean, a, a real rookie, like a, a real rookie. I mean, and I again, I know he's he's a rookie because he hasn't played in the in Major League Baseball. But I mean, does that does that count? I well, mean, again, I know it counts. Technically, but, yes. It if does, you I mean, if you ask baseball VPs, you would say yeah, that counts because look what John Carlos Stanton has done for the Marlins, who have essentially been a bottom dweller in the MLB, and they still paid him right quite handsomely. So does that matter? Yeah, it matters. Right. So. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a silver lining, but not much. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's still, yeah, it's you, you got to hang your head low for Chicago White Sox. It's fans. like Alexei Ramirez winning the Silver Slugger Award, and he's like sixty three or something like that. <laughs> Birth certificate says twenty five, but he's sixty three. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know how that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to talk any more uh, baseball with us, make sure to follow us on uh, uh, on Facebook or follow us. On Twitter or like us on Facebook at Scrap City Sports. You can get all of those links at scrapcitysports.com. Our uh, our webpage with bios from me, Christopher, and the chef talking all about uh, what we like. You can actually find all of our Halloween pictures on there too. I know that I have one of mine uh, as Stone Cold Steve Austin on the website. Um, if you want to <laughs> see it, I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that um, for that. But right now we get to go into a segment that we like to call um, Kick in the Head. Kicking the head is where we get to kick anybody in the head that we think is stupid in sports or around the the uh, the world. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Everybody was I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. 
got the donkey in there. Um, so kick in the head, if you don't know, if you've never listened before, is our opportunity to be able, like I said, uh, kick anybody in the head uh, uh, that's done stupid things or said something stupid or made dumb comments. And so um, I want to start off our kick in the head with uh, some soccer. Um, there is uh, a video that's uh, on the internet if you want to look it up. Um, I'm not sure what to search, but you can listen to this and then figure out what to search. Uh, but essentially in Romanian league, um, there is a there were uh, Stau and Petrolul uh, were playing a game. Um, three fans uh, rushed onto the field, and two of them were stopped by security. One of them was not. Uh, that fan jogged across the field and decided to punch the uh, person that was kicking the penalty kick. And it was literally like a light jog. Yeah, he light jogged. There was no... This, <laughs> this was not like... It wasn't like he was sprinting. This right. wasn't like the streakers in MLB or people that run on the field in NFL where they get tackled immediately. I mean, this guy just kind of hop skipped it, hop, or hopscotched his way over there and and, and punched the uh, the kicker or the person that was kicking the penalty kick in the side of the head, uh, said he broke his, broke his cheekbone um, and he may be deaf in his right ear. Following that, he attacked another player, uh, was tackled to the ground. The, that team started kicking him. And um, then he was taken off the field. Two of those players on that team that stood up for their their teammate were ejected, um, and they kept the game going. Uh, but that backup uh, goalie, because that goalie was ejected, the backup goalie was actually shot by a firework by fans uh, over me? by there. Yeah, but during a penalty kick, was shot by a firework, and it put severe burns on his back. So. Um, it so, wasn't no punk firework. It was like half a stick of dynamite yeah. or something. <laughs> it was it was really really bad. So if you get a chance to watch that, look it up. It's it's an it's an awful scene to be able to see that. And so I'm glad that we live in. Uh, I know that we're not crazy soccer enthusiasts here with MLS and whatnot, but you don't hear about that kind of stuff actually, happening here. Actually, in the, when we were at the Chicago Fire game not too long ago, they have you know basically like the 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 border around the field is an LED wall with advertisements. Yeah. And um, they have security guards kind of staggered, you know, between sections of the stadium at Toyota Park. And um, the last game that I was at, there was a guy that tried to jump over the LED wall to get on the field to, you know, do whatever hooligan thing he was going to do. And midair, trying to jump over the wall because, like I said, the security guards are kind of staggered. Yeah. They are well orchestrated and well lubricated. You know the, the 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 security guards there literally spear tackled the guy midair trying to jump <laughs> over the LED wall. His back landed on the LED wall and put the LED the rest of the LED segment out for the rest of the game. But it was I, I don't even know why I was why, or why I was looking at that portion of the field, but I saw it happen and I was like. Holy cow! That guy had not one single chance that he was gonna make it over the over the wall and onto the field, which was crazy and a good thing because you never know, you know, any kind of idiots that run onto the field and you don't know and, what they're and, gonna and, do. And yeah, they could have any kind of weapon or, or anything on them to harm the players. Well, the coach from Stow actually said that he he believes that it's uh, it was kind of a conspiracy that the the security guards and the people that were. Um, all, running onto the field, we're all kind of in on it together because, uh, and and one of the referees, and so they're investigating that. But uh, my kick in the head and my shame, shame, shame goes to those stupid people that were in on that, um, that just ruined sports for some people. All right, my kick in the head is actually going to go back to what Christopher just ruined my day with, that the White Sox have decided to bring back uh, Robin Ventura. I'm going to kick Rick Hahn in the head because you've had this guy at the helm now. What is it, three years? And still no results. Three it, years it, too long. Three years too long. It's time to go. I'm giving you a big 
Super duper kick in the head. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 That's what everybody sounded like when they heard about Rob Ventura being kept. That's that was the sound I made when I heard the Cubs making the playoffs. It's, just, it's mind-boggling <laughs> mind to think about it when you have total ends of the spectrum here in the city of Chicago. So, anyways. Not even one winning season, by the way, with that guy. Not even close. I, yeah, I, I don't understand it. It's kind of like the whole Marvin Lewis thing, even though Marvin Lewis looks like he's going to have some success this year and has had some success in the past, but Robin Ventura just hasn't done anything. I'm going to go stand out the park with a sign that says bring Ozzy back. I mean, are you kidding? They could probably just have Paul Canerico be like a player coach, like a, a, a every like fifth day designated hitter and, and coach and probably be saying. better than what what they got out there now. Exactly. It's brutal, man. It's just brutal. Give Harold Baines a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he's been a what? A, a first base coach? Yep. Or third base. Yeah, the first base. Anyways. Now he's a bench coach, but. My kick in the head is going out to none other than Mr. D. Rose because this guy just defies logic in any kind of press conference any kind anytime he's has is required to open his mouth just defies all logic i mean the guy is just an imbecile i mean when asked about your team heading into this current season the 2015 2016 season what does Derek Rose talk about he talks about his free agency in 2 years dude well, are think, you kidding i think he was was he asked about his contract he wasn't asked about anything no it was completely went all he was at, what about the future? That's what he was asked okay. about. His, or th- that's what he was, was spoke about was his contract. I mean, come on, dude. I don't know if the shot that he said when uh, teams in this league are paying out crazy money, I don't know if that was a shot at the Bulls for paying Jimmy Butler what they paid him, but I think it was well-deserved on Jimmy Butler's part because to go f- to have that big of a jump and have that steady of an incline in... In um, you know, it's just statistics and, and his and his playing ability was good for him. Um, but for him to go out and say what he said and just to make a, a mockery of himself is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, come on, dude. And then the 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 I guess the retribution to that was the following day we got the news that he had his. His facial bone, his orbital bone in his face broken. And like I had tweeted about, I, gar- Butler. I guarantee <laughs> that there was probably every player on the team was in the locker room drawing straws on who was going to land the knockout punch because right. just mystifying of, you know, what has come out of his mouth and what transpires on the court, two separate things. It's just like, it just, it, it just mystifies me. First, his, his comments about last year about preserving his body for his son's graduations and business meetings in the future. And now he's talking about two years from now when he hasn't played a full healthy season in what, three years? And he's talking about free agency. It's like, dude, last a full season and produce like we know you can produce and what you've done before. And then we'll talk about free agency. But if the Bulls are stupid enough to do anything now, I don't know. I'd have to question my, my... my loyalness as a fan, you know, if they were to make any kind of move on that, but because that would just be absolutely ridiculous. Let me ask you something as Bulls fans, 
Did he? I believe he said something like, "Oh, I'm great. I know I'm great. Yeah, everybody knows I'm great." I, I, it kind of, you know, didn't we frown on LeBron for just saying something like that along the same lines not too long ago? When he, he's like, he, he's changed his tune from back when he was a rookie in this league because you know you guys remember the 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 summer before he won his MVP. You know, he he had a famous quote saying, "Why can't I be MVP?" Well, and then he, he went out and won it. And in, in, in with that, he said something along the lines of, "He would die on the court. Like he would die for playing for the Bulls. Like right. he would put everything out there." And instead of saying that in his press conference, you, you guys remember that epic that epic series um, that they had with Boston his rookie year. And uh, you know, just was that the one with Kirk Heinrich and Rondo got in just like fist fight? Yeah, and Joakim Noah had the triple overtime dunk over Paul Pierce with for and one that and wound Gordon up was lighted up for threes. Yeah, and and it was just it was ridiculous. And you know, just to think that a player went from from how he was then to what he is saying now is just ludicrous. And you just see, you know, granted, you know, D Rose is probably coming from one of the worst cities or worst areas in the city of Chicago. In the whole, whole continent or whole, uh, not continent. Whole, <laughs> I was saying in the continent. I have read an article about the ten worst places to live, and none of them are in the United States. Well, <laughs> yeah, Inglewood is not. No, no, no. I know. You know, whatever. But it's just you know, from where he's come from to where he is now. It's just it, it just blows my mind. I mean, I you know I've 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 been on this podcast saying before, you know, b- being a big D Rose supporter. And for every good thing that he's done on the court, he's done an equally stupid thing off the court. And, and that even, and that even to go for his, I don't know if it's legit or not. His 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 case that he's got now with his ex girlfriend or ex whatever she was, you know, um, with this sexual uh, assault, sexual assault. assault, you know. Case. I think that's getting. I I believe if I'm, I could be mistaken, but I believe that's getting dropped down to just a civil suit now. Nevertheless, it's just, you know, just like the whole Pete, Patrick Kane thing. It's just, it's just, see, it, my, my it's biggest frowned upon. It's like, come on, you know, you have the world in your hands and this is what you're going to do with it. It's like D Rose, you know, just get back on the basketball court, play basketball for a full season, show the world what you can do. Then, you know what, if you, if you're able to put up the, you know, the 22, 23, 24 points a game with, you know, six, seven, eight, nine assists, you know. Then you could talk about free agency because guess guess what you've earned it. You but, haven't earned it since you've signed that big contract that the Bulls gave you. So listen, dude, if there's anybody to talk about getting crazy money, it's you because you haven't. He hasn't earned even a fourth of what he's being paid. So my, my biggest struggle comes in the fact that what he, he you know he says this and he he knows everybody knows. I mean, people on N, and NBA TV talk about this all the time that Chicago is like the hard you know the lunch pail hard hat. Area there, the blue all, collar. It's always been. It's always hustle. It's always grit. It's since, always since, determination. Since '98, since Jordan, you know, his final year, this is what Chicago basketball has been. You it know, hard hustle, underdog, and hustle. exactly That's what it is. And and knowing that, knowing that, being from Chicago and knowing that, you should have gone up there during your press conference and been asked that question and had it in your mind whether you knew that question was coming or not, been able to say. I'm going to work my tail off to bring a championship to Chicago. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can in my in my ability 
to bring a championship to Chicago with the people that I have surrounded with me. And that's it. That's what you leave that at. You don't need to talk about whether or not PJ is being taken care of well enough or not. You <laughs> don't you need kidding? to talk about. I think PJ's grandkids are going to be taken care of with the amount of money that he's been paid from the Chicago Bulls, from and Adidas. Adidas, from Powerade, from all his sponsors. Dude, play basketball and shut the hell up. I just, it's, it's, it, it, it just, it, it makes me mad because I'm, I am a huge D Rose. I love Derrick Rose, but as much as I love Derrick Rose, I, 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 I didn't like this, and it, it's very frustrating for me because I want to like him. I want to like him so much. I, I, and and I, I can't because when you say things like that, when you know, and maybe it's, and everybody always says some stuff like you know, Derrick Rose is dumb. You know, Derrick Rose just he's not the smartest. You know. He's not the sharpest uh, tool in the shed, yada, yada. It doesn't matter. You're a grown man. And you've said before, I'm a grown man. I need to take care of my kid. I need to do this. If you're a grown man, then you need to be able to know how to talk when you're presented with questions. You have put yourself in a spotlight when it comes to you wanting to be an NBA superstar. So do that. Make the right decisions. And if you're being, you know, if, if you're being told from outside sources, a.k.a., you know, your brother and uh, Reggie and uh, BJ and BJ Armstrong. Then you know what? I, I know you can't get rid of them, but tell them to shut up. Tell them to stop giving you crappy advice. Tell them to stop screwing you over. You yeah, could be. You, you, you could be. Derek, to, I, I know my smarter. You have to be. You have to be smarter than the guys telling you that to th- be able to realize. Think about that, this. So. Think about this. Michael Jordan will always be the most. Will, will probably be the most famous athlete in maybe maybe American history. What, not, if, if not, not one only of them. famous, just <clears throat> the greatest ever. Okay. But here's my thing. If Derrick Rose just does him and does his thing and doesn't listen to you know people outside and, and stays in Chicago, he could be literally, he could have been considered number two. If not Chicago, in, in almost basketball. He could have, in, if, if he continued. If you look at it, I mean, he was the youngest MVP in league history. So If he continued, and I know that. I know minus that, his injuries, it, minus his dumb things that he says and does. But here's the yeah, deal. He could have been a great player. But even with injuries, even with injuries, everybody everybody can understand injuries. Everybody, nobody, nobody's mad at Derrick Rose for being injured, right? Nobody went, oh, Derrick, can't believe you tore your ACL again. Why would you do that? He doesn't do that. That's not his fault. That's just his body breaking it down. Happens. And so it happens. But it's the things that you say when when you're rehabbing from that. It's the, the way that you act. It's the positions that you put yourself in. It's the people you surround yourself with that truly, honestly, cause people to question your, you know, Heart hustle and what was the other thing? Russell. Russell. Muscle. 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 Heart hustle. I thought you said Russell. Speaking of Russell, how could two players with, you know, essentially the same, the same, the same kind of hype, the same injuries, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, you know, both have, have, have had meniscus tears, both have had, you know, um, small little things to keep them out, you know, a couple game strings at a time. Both have had facial fractures. But one of them is God sent, and one of them is fragile. That 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 to me is kind of crazy because you know Russell Westbrook. Nobody nobody classifies Russell Westbrook as injury prone, even though he has been injured a quite a bit in his in his career. But when he's out there, that guy is one of the fiercest competitors I've ever seen, and that goes above and beyond anything that his body does or doesn't do for him. So. If Derrick Rose just shut his mouth, played basketball, he would be in the same category, yep. but he's not. And everybody perceives him as being this fragile little weenie. <laughs> you know, is like, you know, dude, shut up. 
you're fragile, you're always injury prone. You know, when you have a cough, you don't play, you know, and you're worried about your son's, you know, graduation in 15 years from now. It's like, sh- just shut up and play basketball. So, I don't know. I, I And, and I, I feel really strongly about it because, like I said, I love Derrick Rose. I really, truly, honestly do. I love watching him play. I, I've always been a supporter. There have been tons of people that are naysayers and, and, you know, rag on him and whatnot. And I've always been that supporter. But it's getting to be really, really hard to be a Derrick Rose supporter when you have him continuously say dumb things, mess up, make bad decisions, whatever that may be. I mean, remember when we were talking when he was when he was shoveling off his Bentley? We were like, yeah, he's like, you know, like like normal guy. Like he's from Chicago, shovels off his Bentley, and now all of a sudden, you know, because you know, you're you're good enough to be able to shovel your own snow off there off your car, but you're worried because your kid's not gonna be taken care of because you've only made $193 million. Only, huh? Yeah, I know. And then this thing, I mean, Grant, okay, yes, there's taxes. Okay, so you've made $93 million. Do, seriously, like in, in what world are you? And, and living? That was just from his playing contract, not about Adidas. His, anything else. Yeah, not Adidas, not Power, nothing. So it's like, come on, dude. So just shut up. And you know, it's it's funny that we, you know, just complaining and 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 nothing but negativity about D Rose. But I have extreme optimism about the Chicago Bulls this year. As crazy yeah. as that sounds, and as crazy as how passionate I was about arguing about how dumb D Rose has been, you know, this whole off season. Uh, I am crazily optimistic about this season and what the bulls have heading into, you know, this final push heading into the regular season. The same roster as last year. <laughs> yeah. And it's, was just, which is crazy. And to think that their competitors, you know, the Cleveland Cavs essentially have the same roster as well. You know, I, I, I have high expectations for the Chicago bulls. Um, and even that's even with, you know, Mike Dunleavy, you know, not being ready for this, for the, for the season starting. So I think it's going to be a good year. Um, were you glad that they decided to keep Taj? I mean, I know they were shopping around and, I don't and looking know. for that. I don't were know you? how that is, but cause it's hard to say because he's been, he, he has so many, you know, ankle and lower body injuries the past couple of years that it's hard to say if when he's out there, if he's playing at 100%, you know, we don't know if, if, if. He's playing if he is playing at 100%. If his skill has just declined, or his physical ability has just declined, or if he's just playing with an injury, you know, because that's that stuff is never really it's never it's never public, you know, information. Yeah. You know, yeah, after the season, okay, this guy has had this surgery, that guy has had that, you know, yada yada yada. How long has how long have they been playing with this issue? You know, yeah. that's that's we we don't know that. So, you know, the fact that Taj, Taj Gibson is back, am I happy about it? I don't know. I'm indifferent about it. I don't know what they could have gotten for him in, you know, in the open market, but you know, he he's been a bull his whole career, so you know, it's not like I'm saying, "Oh my god, why did they bring this guy back? He's terrible." Yeah. You know, I, it is what it is type of thing with me with Taj Gibson. So before we before we close out on Bulls talk, I want to ask I want to ask a question. Who are who are the most in your opinion, who do you think this year will be the most popular? Let's go top 3. Popular Bulls players, like if we're going jersey sold, if we're going just popularity. I'm not talking about scoring, I'm not talking, but just popularity in the eyes of the fans. Who do you think? Well, if you, I mean, if you look at it, the guy with the biggest upside, I believe, is still going to be Nikola Mirotic, because we've we've seen flashes of his greatness, and you know, with more consistent uh, playing time, and you know, with more with a more offensive minded coach instead of a defensive mind not not saying that Fred Hoiberg isn't going to let you know is going to let them not play defense cuz he's still going to demand them to play defense 
Um, but just a more free-flowing offense in 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 what Fred Hoiberg has done, Hoiball, I think it's well-suited for Nikola Mirotic because of you know his ability to both shoot the ball and get to the rim. Um, so he has, I believe, he has the biggest upside. If he shows up this year, uh, you are going to see number 44 jerseys on the Bulls all over the city. So um, <laughs> in, in, in my opinion, that's the, that's the guy with the biggest... Um, with the biggest upside and the biggest uh, star potential this year. I was just going to say, I think that, I mean, the the reason I asked that is because, you know, Derrick Rose has been the number one selling Jersey competitively in the the world. In the world. And so I don't think that that, like if you go by selling jerseys, I mean, people in China don't care if Derrick Rose is being a, a pansy or not about, um, about this, that, or the other thing, or what he says about contracts. Cause they're, you know, they're not really Bulls fans. They're, you know, basketball, or they're just you know, uh, entertainment. No, there, there's fans. a lot of Bulls fans all over the world. No, I know, but I'm I saying mean, and that goes that goes back to none other than Michael Jordan. So I, I really, truly, honestly, I think if you want right now, I think you would say Jimmy Butler is probably one of the most is is the most popular. Actually, I would say Joe Kim Noah is the most popular Bull right now, and then Jimmy Butler would be the next. And I think Derrick Rose would be third. I really, truly do, and. It's, it's, Both of those guys, Noah and Butler, have really likable personalities. I don't like Noah. Derrick Rose is a really likable personality too when he's not sticking it. When he doesn't open his, in his mouth. mouth. Yeah, when he doesn't stick his Adidas <laughs> in his mouth, he's a really yeah, likable right. personality. It was um, it was better in the beginning of his career when he didn't say anything because he was like the Marshawn Lynch of the. He Bulls. didn't say anything and he didn't get himself in trouble. So now he just needs to get the duct tape back out and shut his trap. I, yeah. He doesn't sound as illiterate anymore. He just sounds dumb now, though. Now he just says stupid he just says things. Stupid things. You know, before, when he would talk, he's like, oh, you try to figure out what he's trying to say, but he sounded kind of a little uneducated, a little well, illiterate. No, but now he just he sounded paid, like he they was... They taught you how to talk, but he, they just didn't teach you what to say. He sounded like he was afraid more than you know, more than anything. He, was he like didn't a, want to say the wrong thing. Right. And now he doesn't care if he says the wrong thing, because he just says the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you think, Roy? Who, who do you think is most... Jimmy Butler. Popular? I think Jimmy Butler is the one that got the... He, he was like kind of like the, the really... Sought after free agent this year, and like he just—I mean, dude, he's—he's he's great. I mean, he plays great basketball. And he's he, a two-way he, player. I mean, exactly. And to have that on, you know, on a team that has, you know, stars like D Rose, like Noah, like Powell, you know, and and budding and budding—not uh, even superstars, but budding all-stars and and possibly Nikola Mirotic, and and we'll see what we get out of Doug uh, McDermott, Dougie McBuckets, Dougie McBuckets. So let's see if he stays healthy, right? Here's here's the great thing. Before we clo- as we close up, here's the great thing about what Derrick Rose could do. If Derrick Rose goes on the floor and plays well and shuts his mouth and does it, it all goes away. I mean, think about Jimmy yeah, Butler. Jimmy Jimmy Butler had that problem. I mean, remember when he got with his his picture um, with his T shirt that was super offensive to a ton of different people um, that was all over social media. And people were just ragging on him. Guess what? He went out and almost won a defense, almost won a defensive MVP, um, and was one of the best two way players in the league. And guess what? People don't talk about it anymore because they don't care. Because what happens is winning cures everything. And so if Derrick Rose goes out there and is the Derrick Rose that we know he can be, it, it, it all stops. Nobody points the finger at you, Derrick. Nobody cares, you know, about what you had said. Shut up and and play basketball and do what you're really 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 good at. Public speaking is not your forte, so stop. <laughs> it's not his strength. No, 
He should just get one of those little voice recorders. <laughs> he should just have like have like or the, like one of those cue cards. Ready? One of the, one of the ladies that like a stewardess looking kind of lady from like U.S. Airlines that can just say whatever you know, he can whisper in her ear and then she can say it, but in a correct way, <laughs> in the not stupid way. I mean, really, like almost like a translator. Like, but that, but that's the thing is winning cures everything, and so hopefully we get to see uh, the Chicago Bulls make a deep playoff run this year. Um, and Derek Rose can be at the helm of that. So all this can go away because I really do like him and I think that, uh, he's great. But as we get ready, um, for, you know, Bulls, uh, basketball is going to be coming up here in, in a little bit. Um, we want to make sure that you can, uh, stay with us and follow everything that we get to talk about with the Bulls and, uh, and Derek Rose and, and all that, um, on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. So make sure to follow us at Scrap City Sports or like us on Facebook at Scrap City Sports. Or if you want to check out all the things that we have on our website, go to ScrapCitySports.com. But we get to do uh, one of my favorite parts of our segment. It's uh, it's brother versus brother, bro versus bro. Hey, brother. The reason this is my favorite segment is because normally I'm asking the questions, and so I don't have to think of... Only thing i got to think about is how to read and mark down scores. And so when I get put on the opposite end, like I am today, against old Chef Roy, who's shaking it out over there, who is 0 for 3. <laughs> um, oh, 3, it is 3, you're right. Yeah, uh, he, uh, I, I, I get a little nervous. I'm, I'm not sure I like this. I might... Uh, I wonder if C, can Siri help me out on this? Cause no. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, in 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 this edition of Brother versus Brother, I will be your host, Christopher, and we have Chef Roy versus uh, my no, name's Josh. No nickname, Josh. My, I said my name's Josh. You have a nickname? Did Josh? you forget my name? No, no, no. I was trying to think if you had a nickname. I don't have a know. nickname. I don't have a cool nickname. You're not nickname. that cool. No, <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just the guy that keeps everything. Going. Anyways, Sorry. anyways, in this podcast alone, we've talked about. Great Chicago sports, and we've talked about terrible Chicago sports. Oh, and in keeping with that, we are going to talk about the best and the worst players in Chicago sports history. Oh, no. So, Roy. I just practiced. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking with the rules, oh, first, well, let me say the rules, and then we'll kick out the background music and we'll get going. But uh, if you guys want to answer a question correctly, uh, Josh, you say Josh. I will call your name. You answer the question. Roy, you say Roy. I will call on you. You answer your question. Can I, can I say PJ instead? No. No. Oh. And uh, PJ Rose. That will be the way that this goes. Every correct answer will get one point. Uh, if it le- if it needs it, we have one bonus uh, question to sway the tiebreaker. Uh, anyways, uh, hit the background music, and we'll get this to get this started. All right, so this Central Division transplant was one who never quite lived up to his four-year, $60 million deal when he inked a deal with the Red and Black at the age of 32. Oh, gosh. I I don't... Okay, no dead air. Um, Red and Black, so I know what that is. Um, Roy. Roy. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace, correct. Oh, nice. I, I was thinking Blackhawks, so I was totally wrong there. That's because you got your Blackhawks uh, pullover there. You know, the chef does what he can do sometimes. Dang it. All right. I'm yeah. going to lose this one. This is going to suck. 
This player is one of the Cubs' best ever, amassing an organization best. 545 home runs Josh. during his... Josh. Sammy Sosa? Correct. Ooh. Not bad, Joshy. <laughs> this fifth overall pick in 1998 started a brief NFL career with a holdout, and it ended three years later when he tried to transition to fullback. Curtis Enos? Correct. Wow. <laughs> wow. That one of the worst. I right there. That's one of the worst. That you pulled that one out. Wow. That, that should just awesome. win based that off was, that. That yeah. was good. That was good. <laughs> this player made his Southside debut in 1999. He led the team to one championship, six All-Star games, and six MVP considerations. Roy. Roy. Paul Canerco. Paul Canerco. Dang correct. It. You are getting dominated. It's only three to one. It's good that you could count. He's got his shoes off, but you guys can't see around on his feet. (laughs) Anyways, this pitcher won four straight Cy Young Awards, but only his first Cy Young Award with the beloved home team. Pitching a total of ten seasons for this Chicago organization. Josh. Kerry Wood? Incorrect. Can you... Finish it, please. Or re- or repeat that was it. it. Can you repeat it? This pitcher won four straight Cy Young awards, but only his first Cy Young award winning uh, winning season was with this beloved home team. He pitched a total of ten seasons for the Chicago organization. Greg Maddox. Correct. Ah, was the other one? The other Chicago pitcher. The other one. Yeah, anyways, Dang it. Anyways, all right. This number nine overall draft pick in 2000 played 13 years as a monster of the midway. Josh. Josh. Uh, Brian Urlacher. Correct. Sorry, flipping the page here. (laughs) Okay, this Japanese standout was one of... Josh. Roy. Fukudome. Josh. Making a comeback. Three to four. Oh, that was quick, Josh. Uh, Okay, this White Sox ace broke a 107-year-old... Oh, come on, That's too easy. Oh, my God. Don't call it a comeback. Boy, what is going on? I'm getting nervous now. Hold on a second. I'm getting nervous. Drafted in 1990, he didn't make his debut until 1993. Roy. Roy. Horace Grant. Incorrect. He was donned the original stretch four in the NBA. He won Sixth Man of the Year in 1996, and when all was said and done, he was a three-time champion. Uh, I don't know, Kukoc. Correct. There we go. Wow. That was a good guess. That was a good throw. Bro, you are falling behind. How many questions left? How many questions left? Yeah, we have one question in the tiebreaker. It's five to four. This is a tough one. The Vesna. And the Williams M. Jennings Trophy were just a few feathers in this Blackhawk great hat. He almost got the team to the top of the NHL mountain in, 90, in the 91-92 season. Roy. Roy. Jeremy Roenick. Incorrect. Damn it. But lost I don't to care. Mario Lemieux the, and the Penguins. Jonathan Taves, that's wrong. I don't care. <laughs> Can I, I think I know what it is. Can I say it? You can say it. Doesn't I won't get it right, though, obviously, sure, right? Go ahead. Eddie Belfour? Eddie Belfour. I should have let you finish the question. Hey! Should have, because Josh would have not known that. I would not have known that. What, one. what was the bonus? Just, just to hear it. All 
right. The bone. The Holy cow! I can't believe I came back and won that. I am Roy. That was an epic collapse, Ooh. man. You were up. That three Chris to one. Sale one. He just knew it. He was sitting on it, man. <laughs> I, was wait, I was waiting for Jordan. I was like Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> All right. He was rookie of the year in 84-85 after heading uh, after leading his team in 81-82 to an NCAA title. This 10-time scoring champ was a Roy. Th- Roy. Michael Jordan. Come on. Oh, there it was. Come on. I, I couldn't. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine. Anybody who li- has lived it through any of Michael Jordan's playing days knows these As soon as I heard 84-85, that's Mike. Who else? Yeah, come well, on. 10-time scoring So anyways. Josh. Holy that cow. was good. That was Josh, good. I don't know. That, that, that was a heavyweight battle there. Can we it just was. stop? I just want to. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go upstairs. I'm ready to be done. Whew. I don't get talk anything anymore. <laughs> Holy cow. You know who I feel like right now? I feel like the 03 Cubs with Derek Lee and everybody. <laughs> they had that great season. They just collapsed there at the end. That was me. Yeah, Holy that was, cow. That, 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 was pre- that was pretty good. Josh, you surprised me because a lot of those were baseball questions. Definitely thought Roy had an edge on that. There were some easy ones, though. The Chris Sale was right there, it man. Was, you had to be quick. That's what that's what that's what Carmen complains about the that. most. I give him that. Hey, he was good on that, man. I I'm just, I'm surprised he got the Kukoc one. I was just like, I don't know. If you, I got, had, you guys I both I, the Curtisinus one that was, that was amazing. The Tony Kukoc really one. one, the Tony Kukoc one, a little bit more. The Curtisinus one was like a shot in the dark. That was yeah. That was. I a didn't really think either good of you would know that. Ben Wallace is a good one too. Ben Wallace, yeah. I didn't even think about Ben Wallace. Just when you said black and red, I was like. Black you thought Blackhawks. I thought Blackhawks. Right so I was thinking of of old Blackhawks, and I had no idea. So, well, that was good. Well, speaking of Blackhawks, um, we had a little bit of a uh, little bit of news. Uh, just a little bit. Um, we had uh, uh, practice start back up. Practice. Practice. Who's talking about practice? Talking about practice, man. We need to get that Allen Iverson drop. That'd be good. I just um, did it. No, I'm saying like oh. the actual <laughs> drop, not, not not you saying. Oh, sorry, drop. sorry. Um, I try to do my best impersonation of AI. We never do. <laughs> Um, but we had a they, they had an interesting very first um, first time uh, press conference where you had the uh, the that conversations. Was, that it was, was just bizarre. It was weird. Um, where you allowed Patrick Kane to answer questions about but you didn't allow him to answer anything. Yeah, it, and and plus then they talked about the championship and and did all that right afterwards or before. Yeah, it, was it was like they were. It was just weird. They were like gloating or something. It was just awkward. It yeah. was weird. It's like if you're gonna give a press conference. And I know this has been covered thoroughly throughout the city so far, but since our last podcast, we have not discussed this, and I feel like it is necessary. But come on, if you're going to bring Patrick Kane out there to give his statement, and you're not going to let him answer questions, then why have him even sit there through the questions? And it's just only going to create tension, you know, throughout. Yeah, Throughout he, the whole interview, if process. he came out there and just answered the questions they need to answer, and then like some of them, like legally, I can't answer that. Okay, legally, I can't answer that. And then just was like, we're done. Like that was the Patrick Kane, you know, one. We're finished. It's over with. Let's move on to the season now. That would have been a lot less awkward than the way that they handled it and the way that they did it. Just it was weird. It was. It wasn't. Here's the here's the best way to put it. It wasn't in normal Blackhawks fashion. They normally handle any PR stuff really well, really, really well, like at the top of any sports organization in, in, in the world. And for them to do it this way, it was just weird to see them uh, handle that like that. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's really the only news that you have coming out of out of that. I mean, you had, like I said, training camp starting and, um, you know, pucks are on the ice. But season starts the same day as the Cubs playoff game playing game what, who do you think's watching who i mean that's even a dumb question i'm sorry most people you're watching the cubs 
Well, who? I mean, who are you talking about? I'm just saying in general. Who, I just you know, can't Chicago. believe I lost, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you lost either, Roy. That was crazy. You had a I do pretty a good job, lead on I him. I do with a better job of hosting, man. With some easy questions teed up there for you. <laughs> I know. And I, I blew all the easy ones, and I got the yeah courtesy. Come on, dude. Um, who you know, he who, almost ran me over. Who do you think? Wait, hold on a second. We had to take a step over. Curtis Edis almost ran you over. Yeah, I used to like work. So, I used to work as an usher at Soldier Field when I was in high school, and he had like. You remember when the Hummers first came out? Yeah. Well, it was one of those days. I think he had like minus two yards. He was terrible. We all knew that. And it was. Uh, I remember it was the, the Minnesota. No, it was Green Bay. Green Bay was in town, and uh, I remember I was doing the parking lot patrol at the players' parking lot. Dude, he came like zooming. Out of like his his area, like he didn't bother slowing down. If I don't use them cat like reflexes that I have, <laughs> dude, I'm gone. I'm not the chef doesn't exist. Like he literally almost ran me over. It would have been a better story if, if he would like would have clipped you. If you'd been like Curtis Nina's clipped me. That would have been that would have been a ton of petty. <laughs> yeah, he really ran me over, man. Yeah. Um if I see him on the streets, watch. <laughs> who do you okay, so so let's go ahead. Works who, who do you what who do you think most Chicago people are watching? Uh, are they watching the Chicago sports fans? Are they watching the Cubs? Are they watching the the Blackhawks? I mean, it could be the Cubs end of the season. Blackhawks started the season, which everybody thinks is going to be a little rough, but you never know. I mean, if you're going to look at TV statistics, it's probably going to be the Chicago Cubs. Personally, for me, um, definitely going to be watching the Blackhawks, hopefully catching some of the Cubs game, um, even though my wife's uh, opinion is very high. Very high against that. (laughs) But, you know, it's I mean, come on. The last time the Cubs were in the playoffs and they have the season that they've had and they've been on the roll that they've been on, you know, you can't, you gotta, you you gotta watch. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, you know, just like we talked about, it's going to be must watch TV with it being a one game playoff. I mean, it's not like you're watching the entire series. You're watching one game to see um, what happens there. So, but, but the banner raising is definitely something that you have to watch because I'll definitely watch that. That's just sports history. I mean, you know, six time, you know, winning the cup is just three times what last six years. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 after, amazing. After I watch that, I'm gonna sip on some cherry haterade, and I'm gonna <laughs> throw on my White Sox World Series DVD. <laughs> oh boy! Ten years ago, man, it was Soxtober. You remember that? Yeah, that was crazy. And now it's Cubs, and, um, I, and I lost again. By the way, we. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Chris? For you are you're kind of a resident Blackhawks guy. What do you think the expectations for this year for the Blackhawks, just real quick, are? Honestly, um, you know, every we had that podcast when Brandon Saad got traded and when Patrick Sharp got traded, and thought kind of the world was crumbling beneath us. And then the whole Patrick Kane thing happened, and we're like, okay, is Patrick Kane going to be there? Isn't he going to be there? Is he going to be a hawk? Is he not going to be a hawk? Uh, I am hugely optimistic only because how the Blackhawks have played the whole preseason. And I know it's preseason, but they are champions, and you cannot discredit that. Um, the Blackhawks somehow got faster from what I've seen, which is kind of crazy because they were one of the fastest teams in the NHL. But uh, losing a speedy guy like Brandon Saad, they've gained even more team speed, which is crazy. Um, and even their, even their top... You know that I guess you would say their top prospect that they got in the Brandon Saad trade, Marco Dano, was sent down to Rockford. So you know, just just by that mere fact is just to go, just to say how deep the Blackhawks are. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the Blackhawks have another good title run in them, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, 
if not this season, the next one after that as well. Um, Do you think that the Patrick Kane stuff is going to be... I mean, depending on if it gets figured know, out, you know, but do you think it's going to be a, a, a shadow, a, a cloud hanging over top of the Blackhawks? Because it's it's hard. I mean, I don't know because he hasn't really faced the media, um, you know, and and obviously he's going to be forced to do that after games. So what? Hopefully he, if he plays well, they're going to be asking him about the the hockey side of things. Yep. So if he doesn't play well, obviously there's still going to be questions about the rape allegations and all that stuff. Is again, winning cures everything, right? But especially if it's there, not, I mean, if it's I, if it's, if it's if, true, if, you talk, if it comes out to be true, then winning doesn't cure everything. Then send yeah, him to I jail mean, and call it a day. Yeah, but. I mean, he, you know, if, if the, hopefully the truth will set him free, and if not, then you know, it's that's just shame not on good. Him. Yes, shame, it's, it's terrible. It's it's no, it's no good thing. Um, but you know, saying that there, the, uh, you know, talking to Hawks fans, you know, around is kind of a mixed crowd here. You know, a lot of people think tra- Kane should be traded, you know, because they have this incredible amount of depth that they can replace him. Although, you know, being a Chicago Blackhawks fan and a big Kane fan, obviously don't want that to happen only because kind of player he is. How are you going to replace that? Can Okay, and if you say you have a lot of depth, you might not be able to replace the, the caliber of what he is, but can you... I mean, what, what? here's my big thing. What are you going to get in return? That's the biggest yeah, thing. Get, and you're not going to get anything in return. You know, it's you're going like, to get prospects and draft picks. That's what you're going to get. And For a player of that caliber, I don't think not, it's worth yeah, it. If the Blackhawks are going to deal him, it's probably not going to be in a good situation. So the the buyers are going to have the upper hand in that situation, um, and you know it's just, it, like I said, it's they're going to get draft picks, they're going to get prospects, um, stuff like that. So you know maybe the stuff will pay, maybe the draft picks and the prospects will pan out, maybe they won't. You know the other team will be getting a bona fide stud and superstar, and if not one of the best, the best player in the NHL, you know, in return. So, is it a good thing if 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 he is if he is innocent, then obviously no reason to deal him because yeah. it only obviously will weaken the team in the short term, long term maybe it strengthens, but you never know. Um, especially with you know, and that's the same thing that we talked about with the Orioles. You know, they gave up prospects in Arietta and Strope and and got a journeyman pitcher in Feldman. You know, to to get them over the hump and, and, and for the playoff push, and where did that get them? And the biggest thing is, I think you got to trust in Blackhawk, the Blackhawks organization because they've made the moves. You know, just just like you just said with with the Cubs. You know, you had um, um, who was it from from uh, Boston? Um, who's the Cubs general manager? Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein. Sorry, my brain. My brain went just completely blank. I'm so excited. I'm still I think I should endor- take the Rovers I'm, title. For I'm that. still on an endorphin spike from winning. Yeah, that wasn't a question. Yeah. Really. Um, <laughs> but just like just like Theo did with the Cubs, you you have to trust an organization because they they've made the smart move in but, that. And yeah, so John they decide- has done all the right moves so far. I mean, granted, we haven't seen exactly what the Brandon Saad deal is how it's going to pan out because the last I saw in the preseason, I think the last game of the preseason. Saad had a goal and three assists. 
but 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 even <laughs> but even so, I mean, you you trust that he's going to make the right decisions in that because he's he's been put in that situation and, and give, given the reins to that organization. So therefore, you trust that he's the, you know the Blackhawks are going to make the right decision and the, you know hopefully they made their decision with the sod trade and and with the sharp trade and you know hopefully they're going to make the right decision with with what's going on with Kane and you know again panning out that's the hard thing about this is if it was just straight up do you keep Kane or not absolutely you keep him but you don't know because if the allegations you don't trade him right away and then the allegations end up being true you've just lost a superstar off your team for nothing you know you've just given him you know you've just lost you just lost something versus being able to at least get something back so part of this is i don't want to say luck but part of this is you know the the luck of the draw as far as whether or not you you trust Patrick Kane or not, and part of it is being able to make sound financial business situation. I'd put I put Patrick Kane behind closed doors on a lie detector test, and I would ask him about it just Blackhawks, like no legal no legal stuff, and just ask him, and then trade him or don't trade him. That would be uh, I'm sure that's super illegal to do, but whatever that is. So if if we and in other Blackhawks news, which is kind of surprising because he was one of one of the key pieces to the Blackhawks 2013 title run was Brian Bickle. Uh, they just he just cleared waivers today, so or no, yesterday actually. So you know he's going to be sent down to Rockford as well with Marco Dano. So um, you know it's 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 surprising and i think it's been a long time coming for him because he's just hasn't played well he didn't play well he hasn't played well since the 2013 playoffs so um the blackhawks gave him a bunch of money and you know they're they're not going to just dump him by the wayside but he definitely needs to get his act together and um he needs you know it's just it's a it's a wake up call for him although i will say in watching the couple preseason games that i did watch he did look slimmer, Brian Bickle, and he did look quicker. So um, that is a positive for him and for the Blackhawks moving forward um, in that regard. So hopefully he can just get his head on straight and get back to what got him paid like like he did, which was getting in front of the net and uh, and scoring goals, scoring those dirty goals that Brian Shaw... Uh, Brian Shaw. Big Ert. I just said Brian Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Andrew Shaw gets now, so... Um, you know, it's just, it, it's, 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 it's hopefully a step in the right direction for Bickle and for the Blackhawks. So, um, it's good to see, it's going to be exciting to see how this season plays out. Like you said, with all, all the driving with Kane, um, and, and how that pans out and, 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 and if the Blackhawks can repeat, you know, be one of the very few back-to-back NHL champions. So be exciting. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an exciting time of the year, especially you know, we got the Cubs heading into the playoffs, the Sox heading into the dumpster, uh, the Bears heading into the dumpster, bowl season starting, Hawks season starting. It's it's an exciting time. I mean, we have every major sport in action. Speaking of uh, speaking of crazy, you know, Patrick Kane and all that stuff, speaking of the crazy circus that is them, we also have the crazy circus that is the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bear down is not the uh, maybe bear down and, and bite your lip because you don't want to say things about the Chicago Bears of what they are. Um, to, uh, it's just it's it is it's it's terrible. It is a awful 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 time to be a Bears fan. Um, you have a lot of negative things going on to with the Bears. 
<laughs> I mean, sorry. Um, you have a lot of negative things going on. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's. Uh, we have a lot of negative things going on with Bears. I mean, first of all, injuries. Um, you know, you have your all star. You know, or not all star, but your your hopefully up and coming soon to be all star receiver out for the entire year. I Kevin think the White. correct term would be Pro Bowler. Kevin White. Pro Bowler. Going to be all oh, pro. all star, all pro. Oh, sorry. Just star just in saying, general. Hopefully saying. up and coming. <laughs> I mean, let's just get the uh, terminology correct here. But uh, but you had him go out uh, with his injury at the very beginning of the year. Which was um, bizarre done. as well. Yep. And then you have Alshon Jeffrey with uh, Jeffrey's with a, uh, or Jeffrey with a, is it a hamstring, right? Yeah. Is it a hamstring? Hammy. And he's been, he's been. First it was a calf, then it was a hammy. He's been on and off and he hasn't been playing. And then you have Jay Cutler getting hurt trying to tackle a defender after he throws up uh, an interception and. He's done for a bit, so you have uh, Jimmy Clausen come in and oh try and take God. over. Oh, my God. You know what? I, I hard, <laughs> normally, I hardly ever watch Chicago Bears football. I'm you know, big fantasy football guy like the rest of you watch NFL Red Zone. So if the Bears are going to do anything, it's going to show up on there. Or the Bears don't do anything, it'll show, up, show up on there. <laughs> it'll show up on there as well because they're getting smoked. Um, but I watched the majority of that Seattle game, and it was brutal. Holy cow. How can the Bears think that they're even going to put up a slight fight against even a team that's not really doing that well right now in the Seattle Seahawks with a great home field advantage like the Seahawks do and throw out Jimmy Clausen there who I think Josh could even do a better job at playing quarterback. I I could not, but... But I, it's, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, you know, just the inaptability to get the ball to receivers and, you know, run an offense. And, you know, Matt Forte in the beginning of that game looked like he was on pace for close to 200 yards. He was running the ball really well. And then something happened and nothing. Well, what happened is that you're one dimensional. And so you have defenses right. that I mean, all of a sudden say, I think he had, we'll put eight or nine in the box Matt Forte, and Matt Forte, we're not worried about it. Had like 70, 78 yards or something like that in maybe the first quarter and a half. And then I th- didn't even finish the game with 100, I don't think. So, yeah. I mean, come on. Get, be creative. Find ways to get your playmakers the ball, even though they were out without Jeffrey. Well, Obviously, Cutler's out. It's the biggest problem is there are no playmakers. Other than, for, for, other than Forte, Forte Martellus Bennett. And Martellus Bennett. That's it. I mean, but look what look what New England does. They Essentially... The only real household name is Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, and they somehow seem to put up 50 burgers on teams but, every single but, week. But here, here's my thing. Two things. One, they have a defense that can actually stop other teams. But the Bears defense, and two, the Bears defense granted, they, the Bears got shut out. Was 26 nothing or yeah, 26 nothing? Yeah. 26 nothing. Their special teams gave up 14 points. So, come on. Here, here's here's the biggest thing. Their defense did not do that bad. They here's gave the, up what? The biggest... The, 12 points? Here's the biggest glaring Good issue man. in what you're saying is... Thanks. <laughs> you just you just said they have two guys, Robin Krauske. I mean, if you want if you want to compare Martellus Bennett to Gronk, I mean, you really... No, you, you, cannot, saying, you can't, you but... Can't, no, no. I know you can't, but at least similar in their play... In their, their in positions. Their, in, yes. That's it. That's the only thing in common. Their body type is a little bit the the way that they stop, can at Josh. least make plays. Just but stop. listen, here is here is where here is where your thing fell super flat. Is you just said every single snap uh, Jimmy Clausen has to touch the ball. Every single snap Tom Brady gets to touch the ball. I know. I'm just saying that if you're saying they have no playmakers, if you look at other, Tom, teams, but Tom Brady is their playmaker. Look, Jimmy Clausen. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Is not look at 
Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Literally, all he has right now is Randall Cobb. And Randall Cobb is not even on 100%. Eddie Lacy doesn't count? Eddie Lacy hobbled and hurt the week before. He was splitting snaps with uh, with John Starks. No, John Starks. James Starks. James Starks. John Starks. James Starks. James Starks. Splitting the carries. He's throwing to guys. uh, What was that guy? Janice? Got James Jones. James Jones, yeah, which uh, in... Probably he, he was a he was 95, a super, he was a percent of fantasy football leagues wasn't even drafted you unless want, you're playing in twenty that's true. twenty team but leagues. Here, but that's but that's not because of who he is it's because of where he was no I'm just saying but I'm just saying look what he has had to work with and look where they have been why can't put James Jones on the Bears he's not doing anything put James Jones on Oakland put Randall Cobb on the Bears he's not doing anything I'm just saying. That Put Rob Gronkowski on the Bears. The fact that the He's ba- not doing it's anything. Not the f- it's not the fact. It's not the fact that the bear because the Bears don't have that many playmakers. It's just they don't have the playmaker in the most important position in sports, which is quarterback. the quarterback. Yep. Okay. I, I can completely agree with so you. So it's but not that- the fact that they don't have enough. It's the fact that they don't have the single one. They don't have a good guy back there. Whether it's Jay okay. Culler, Jimmy Clausen, or David Fales. So let me, they don't let me, have that guy. Can I, can I ask you? So in honesty, if you put... Let's not take Aaron Rodgers. Let's take somebody comparable. Let's say let's say Tony Romo when he's not hurt. Tony Romo's a pretty capable quarterback. I mean, he's he's a proven winner. He, he hasn't gotten super far in, in the playoffs, but he's a proven winner. If you put Tony Romo on the Bears, healthy, do you think that he makes that big of a difference with what he's surrounded with? No. If if the Bears roster was healthy, if the Brandon, Bears no no, well, but no, I'm, not, I'm not talking I'm about. Not saying I'm Kevin talking White, about if Elshon Jeffrey was on the field and Martellus Bennett was on the field and Matt Forte was on the field. Yes, yes, Tony Romo would lead the Bears to a more respectable record. They and would I, be zero and three. And I truly, honestly think that if you had Alshon healthy, even uh, let's say just Kevin White, let's put him there healthy. If you have Martellus Bennett there, if you have Matt Forte, and you put Jay Cutler back there, I mean, he he put up a very good game against the Packers. Opening week, and Cutler, yeah, uh, yeah. The the, the loss, the yeah, loss was not on him. He had a his interception was bad because he telegraphed it, but the loss wasn't completely on him. Their special teams blows. Yes, that's without a doubt. But, I mean, they've done it every single game this year. Green Bay, Arizona, Seattle, they've given up what two straight games? Uh, special team touchdowns. Come on, how could you how could you put your team in a position for success when probably the What's least, supposed to be the easiest? The least important and, and the guys who are basically cast outs from the team land on special teams. If that's not short up, your team is already in a hole. Yeah. You know, David Johnson ran that kickoff back uh, two weeks ago against the Cardinals. And now... Um, for the Cardinals. For the Cardinals. And, and Lockett for the Seahawks run back. You know, the, the game was... What was it? Uh, six nothing. It was, it was close then. It was yeah. six nothing at half. Seahawks come out, uh, opening kickoff of the second half, run a touchdown back. And it's done. Boom, it's over. How, how could you expect your team, especially with a guy like Jimmy Clausen, who can't throw the ball more than 10 yards on the field, how can you expect him to lead a Bears, a Bears team to victory when you don't have playmakers on your team like Elshon Jeffrey, like Kevin White? You know, it's it's crazy. Put a guy, At least put... It, it, you you know what you're going to get out of Jimmy Clausen. You we don't know what we're going to get out of David Fails. If, if Cutler's not going to be healthy enough to play, then put him in. 
I mean, what else do you got to lose? You, you, you know, we saw what... You, you know what Jimmy Clausen can do. And, and it's not enough to with, with this team to be able to do it. So you put in fails and you, you hope for a, you know, miraculous, you know, you Matt Flynn for, type of, you, hope you know, for thing. Sign, you hope for signs of life is what you hope for because the Bears have had no hope this whole season. I mean, you knew they were going to lose, loss. you knew they were going to lose against Green Bay. Granted, I know I am inserting my foot in my mouth, but I thought if any chance there was of the Bears beating Green Bay this season would be in the first game of the season, <laughs> only because they would be un- not expecting it, right? Okay, wishful thinking on my part. You knew that Arizona was going to be a really tough game. You knew Seattle was going to be a really tough game. You thought maybe they'd beat Oakland. It doesn't, even with Jake Cutler in the lineup, it doesn't look very promising. So David Carr is, is coming on pretty, pretty Oakland pretty Raiders well. are Derek? two and one and they're playing some fantastic football. Not gonna lie. You better not lie because we know how uh, Raiders fans feel about you. So Oh yeah. <laughs> um so you just had actually you just had a, a big uh, I don't know, the, the, is a, you want to call it a fire sale? Is that what's starting here with the Bears? I mean, they got rid of Bostic. They got rid of Jared Allen. Got rid of Jared Allen. They're they're looking to move possibly Elshon Jeffrey and Matt Forte, which well, and that was that was where my question goes. So, do you know, you, Jay Cutler would be on that list if he was didn't have such a crazy oh, contract. Yeah. Do you look at the biggest one right there is Matt Forte, Alshon Jeffrey? I mean, as good as he is, he hasn't really proven too much. Yeah, and I, I said that I I've said that before that yeah, he's Jeffrey's been good, but has he been Julio Jones good, AJ Green good? No. But Matt Forte has been. You know, name name running back Adrian Peterson ish good, uh, Marshawn Lynch good. Matt Forte I mean, has been really good. He's never been the best. I think Matt Forte is a top five running back in the NFL. In the in the past four years, Matt Forte has been a top five running back. I really, truly, honestly believe that. Yeah, I mean, because he's been. Dur- uh, I mean, he hasn't been. He's been durable. He's he, been. If you take AP out of the equation. Well, Adrian Peterson is is the exception to every rule. I mean, he's the exception to an ACL tear rule. You have he's an exception to every rule. I mean, he is just yeah. I mean, a freak. He's if Forte is not a top five, he's on the fringe. He he's definitely a top ten running back. So you have a twenty nine year old top five, top ten running back, top running back in the league. Do you move him? If you could get something for him, I I don't say see why not. Obviously, the Bears. Uh, brass don't think that this is going to be a very good season because they probably wouldn't have parted ways with Jared Allen, seeing as how they paid him almost twelve million bucks already. Yep, and they, and they took, owe him. They they, his, ate his, they ate his contract. Yeah, I mean the Carolina Panthers are they're paying. Uh, they're they're picking up the rest of it, which is like a million bucks, right? Which is nothing. No, that's like almost veterans minimum. So. <sighs> I mean, the, I don't know. It's. It, I mean, the problem with that is that look at look at the league right now with running backs and the situation running backs is you're not going to get much for him. I mean, I know you want to try and stock up draft picks. I mean, I know that's what Fox wants to do: stock up draft picks to be able to. I mean, look what they got. Move them up. Look what I mean, they got for Brandon Marshall, which he was for the most part. He was a pretty top ten receiver. Damn solid receiver. You got a six round pick, correct? I think it was fifth, fifth round. Okay, fifth. whatever. Fifth round. So they got a fifth, fifth round draft round, pick draft pick for a guy who runs his mouth and is pretty good at his position. What are you going to get for a guy who is pretty good at his position and doesn't say a word? I, so that's, that's maybe you get a maybe third, fourth, maybe, maybe third round pick. Maybe that but, might be stretching it, especially since he's getting up there. That's my, age. that's my thing is you maybe get a fourth round pick because you get a third if he was 25, 26, but he's, you know, in running back years, he's 40. 
um, just because of the hits that you take as a running back in the NFL. And so what happens is you get a fifth-round pick for Forte. Is that even worth it? I mean, are you just well, that's selling? What we were, that's what we were saying about Brandon Marshall. It was And look at Marshall just, now. I know that he runs his mouth. I know that he's he's a crazy and yada, yada. But dude can produce. I mean, he's a good, he's a solid player. I mean, that's, that's not to be mistaken. I mean, he's taken, what are the, are the, what are the Jets? I know that's on their defense, but he's been, he's been a solid part the of Jets the Jets two, being two and, two and one. He's a solid part of the Jets being two and one. And so, I mean, how, how, what, what do you do with that? Alshon Jeffrey, I think it's a little bit easier to be able to let him go. Um, well, well, yeah, actually, because, you know because what? they have a guy like Kevin White, which we don't obviously we don't know what he's going to do on an NFL football field. But you have a guy with bigger potential than Jeffrey waiting in the wings, yeah, to replace him. So, you know, that might be a little bit lesser of a blow, especially if they wait. I don't, well, the trade deadline is actually coming up. I think. Yep, it's coming up here in about a week or two. So, that I mean, we don't know Jeremy Langford. He, he's scored a touchdown, I think, maybe this year, and he's been in for some spot duty. So, you know, is he every down back? We don't know. Can he produce like Matt Forte? We don't know. Um, you know, so is it worth it? If the Bears are going to be terrible this whole entire season, then I would say, yeah, just get it over with. You know, don't let us, don't tease us, you know, with. But please, the- please, please do not pull a 76ers. Please don't just tank. I think the, I think I think Ryan Pace is a little bit smarter than that. Granted, I you know uh, in, in saying that I like what Ryan Pace has done so far, and and you know with Pernell McPhee, man, he was all over the field last week, and that was really encouraging because he had a couple mediocre games the beginning of the season, but against Seattle, man, his name was being called a lot. And that was pretty pretty encouraging for a guy that, you know, is now with Jared Allen gone, you know, a guy the that's only pass he's gonna be the face of the Bears defense, yeah. you know, here on out. And we expected that. Yeah, we expected that going forward, you know, when he signed uh this past offseason. But um it was encouraging to see that, you know, this is the re- direction the Bears team is gonna go. Um and as as bad as their offense was this past week against Seattle, I think their defense was pretty good. It, it, it held up there pretty good, especially to a, a, a team with the Seattle Seahawks that, yeah, they might not have a dynamic offense, but they could definitely put points on the board quickly. Um, as much as I hate Pete Carroll, he is really creative at getting into hate, the end zone. I hate Pete Carroll. I hate Pete Carroll. Yeah, I hate Pete Carroll since he was at USC with Reggie Bush and uh, and uh, Matt Liner. And Matt Liner. I hate, I almost said Matt Stafford. I hate Pete Carroll. <laughs> I hate Pete Carroll. And part of it is because but the same reason why say, I hate that, what no. No, and and saying that tw- giving up 26 points to a Seattle Seahawks team which could easily put up a 50 burger on us because they've done it to a lot of teams in the NFL, you know, since Russell uh Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have been together. They've done it quite a few times for for the Bears to limit them especially at home, especially with with their inability to keep the Seattle's offense off the field, I think it was a win for the defense um, and, and, and what John Fox is putting out there and, and Vic Fangio. Um, so saying that, I think it's a step in the right direction. We now got to be able to get the offense to be able to keep 
the other team's offense off the field and, and, and you know, sustain long scoring drives and it, it maybe not punch the ball in the end zone every time, but definitely get some points on the board. So um, if Cutler could come back and is somewhat good or, or you know, he has an ability to command an offense. And well, drive and, the and field, I think then. John Fox has really helped Jay Cutler out by putting him in a position to not call audibles, to not try and make the decision and not, not put it on him like you had, you know, Canadian football happening earlier. But you had, with Trustman, you have him put in a position to be able to to win. Um, and, you know, and other than making that one mistake in Green Bay, I mean, the Bears could have won that game. The it Bears was, could have easily winnable, won that it game. It was a winnable game, and so was, um, so was the Seattle game for a long part of it until... until it got the, out of hand a little bit, obviously. Yeah, second, if, if the Bears could have put some points on the board in the first half... They would have had a, a legit shot at winning that game, but you know, unfortunately, they didn't do it and wound up getting shut out. But um, saying that, how do you see the rest of this NFL season uh, and/or not even the the rest of the NFL season? But how do you see the Bears roster transforming? You know, uh, the rest of the way here. Out with the old, in with the new. I think you're gonna see, say goodbye to a lot of faces, man. Yeah, I mean, do you think that's going to happen th- so, dur- during this season or? I think during the season, I think if they could stock up on some draft picks and try to get some, they're going to go into total rebuild mode. Yeah, this is that. I think I think I would be fully on board with that. And like I said, a lot of people now, like myself, don't just watch your home team unless you're a crazy Green Bay Packer fan. But yeah, there's it, nothing else to watch in Green Bay, is there? <laughs> no, that's all you do in exactly. Wisconsin is drink but, beer and watch football. But um, and eat cheese curds. <laughs> I'd be down for that. That, does, that doesn't sound like a I terrible, would, awful. Yeah, not at all. Let's Sunday. see. Let's watch. Let's watch, watch Aaron, football and eat cheese. Watch Aaron Rodgers probably going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history and eat cheese curds. How could you go wrong? Right. And that's coming from a Chicago Bears fan. So uh, that's how you know it's bad. It's, that's how you know it's bad. Is right. I mean, how? Yeah. Is you're jealous of Packers fans? Yeah, I mean. I would be completely on board with that, with that notion of just Rebuild. ditching what we got. You know, the season is probably already lost. Not probably, it's already lost. And uh, and moving on and, and hopefully building, you know, a future. So, and, and you know, there was that crazy stat that the, that the Bears have four starters that they've drafted and the Packers had like 40-something. Wow. Not starters, but players on their roster. And, you know, on a 53-man team is... That's pretty incredible, man. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> and and you look at the success that the Packers have had, and we've mentioned this with the, you know, with, with what the Cubs are doing. Uh, that's the way to go. I mean, you got to have, you got to have good scouting. You got to have good recruiting. And, uh, and, and hopefully we could replicate what, you know, what our uh, rivals up there in Green Bay are doing. Well, and that's, and that's what you were hoping you did when you brought in... Um, in your new, yeah, when you brought in Pace from from New Orleans and you brought in John Fox, you, you're hoping that this is kind of the turnaround for that because you went from where you were with just Emery and just that terrible amount of you know trying to reach or as as Carm would say, you got cute in the draft with Emery. I mean, he always tried to find 
you know, some sort of sleeper. He was like me, is what Carmen would think for <laughs> fantasy draft. Always tried to find Drafting that diamond Devante in the rough versus the third round <laughs> versus. That might fall to get hurt, but versus going with solid players that you know can do what you need them to do. Um, and so, hopefully, that's what you have Pace doing now um, is really looking towards. Okay, I mean, just looking towards the, the, the future, future and right. building a really solid. So, team. aside from the Bears. In the NFL, what w- what has been your biggest disappointment this season so far? That's not even a question for me. The Indianapolis Colts and the way Andrew Luck has played. I know that he got he's he's hurt and he's on the bubble for play right now, but they have just played abysmal football um, for what the expectations were. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts preseason were a Super Bowl quote unquote almost like a lock. I mean, people had them going to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, with bells on. And they've really struggled with producing points, which has been their MO, biggest yeah. thing. I mean, that's that's what they do. That's what they do is they hope their defense can keep them in there long enough, um, or they they hope they can score enough points and their defense can make a couple stops so that they can outscore their opponent. That is what they have been. And they the few bright spots have been um, a player that I really like, Dante Moncrief, out of uh, Ole Miss um, as a wide receiver. I think he scored three touchdowns in three games and. Um, and a couple, I mean, a couple players on defense, their defense has, has been all right, but it's just been their offense that is not, their defense is better than expected. Their offense has really struggled to put up any sort of points. I mean, Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, everybody thought Andre they would Johnson's have, been on a milk box. Yeah, even non non And everybody man. thought they were going to be with Andrew Luck at the helm, like we talked about with Aaron Rodgers being able to do this, or Tom Brady being able to make nobody somebodies. They thought, wow, if you take Andre Johnson, who was a somebody, and put him in with the Colts, he's going to be a superstar again. And same thing with Frank Gore. And they've just kind of, they've been mediocre, yeah. if not Andre Johnson, nothing. Well, so I read that's a, my I, biggest. I read something that like was a a report on Andrew Luck that the the Indianapolis Colts want Andrew Luck to change how he plays to protect himself for the future. Which, you know, how could you ask a player that's had that much success in the NFL? And granted, he's been relatively injury-free. Now, he hasn't had any RG3-type injuries where, you know, you look to see where that got him. Um, that, that was, But it's kind of surprising considering how great this kid has been in the early part of his career. Keeping in Chicago sports, you had them asking Derrick Rose to do that, though, before he got hurt. I don't know if they were asking him to do that. They just, what they wanted him to do. They wanted him to maybe... Play take, safer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's I what know, they want him to do. And that's, so the thing, think, that's the thing, because if you heard any, any, uh, we're not going to get into another Bulls debate, but if you heard any any Tibbs uh, press conference afterwards, he wanted him to play how he was supposed to play, how he's been, how he played his whole career. Well, so. but that, and that's why you got rid of Tibbs, because Gar and Pax want him to be able to do that. So, Anyways, but Andrew Luck, you know, uh, for a guy that's probably, you know, was on the cusp of being the face of the NFL you know, is is now being told that he needs to change his playing style. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to me. You know, and it, I mean, I'm not an Andrew Luck or Indianapolis Colts fan, but I'm a fan of football. And, you know, Andrew Luck. play it the right way. Andrew Luck, yeah, he's just, he's a crazy SOB. And the, I, I applaud that. And it, a guy who is going to leave it all out on the field, you know, even kind of a guy like Tony Romo, you know, that's kind of. Not th- not that they're similar players, but you know you could see that in them. You know they're they're guys who just want to win. 
You know, they're, they're going out there to play football and win and whatever it takes to get their team the W, that's what they're going to do. So, uh, you know, you don't hear Jerry Jones telling Tony Romo, hey, you need to change your playing style so you don't fracture your, your shoulder anymore or, or, or um, herniate, a, herniate a vertebrae anymore or, you know, anything like that. It's like, so let the kids play. Super, super tiny sidebar, but those two made really, really good direct TV commercials. Who's that? Tony Romo and uh, <laughs> and and Andrew Luck. I didn't see the Andrew. You Luck didn't see one. the Andrew Luck one. He 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 plays he plays hide and seek with his cats. It is hilarious. <laughs> I just saw the crowny one, the Tony Romo. Yeah, where he made a cookie or a cupcake and a brownie. Right, right. Yeah, call that a crowny. Anyway. That, those are those are those are those are those are probably one of the best commercials out there. That's like back with you know the Geico caveman and the Budweiser frogs. I mean, those are really really top notch. Brian Arakpo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as far as like what's been, this, I, mean, I mean, I love my Cowboys, man. And, and you guys got to admit, we were looking good. I mean, we basically shut Philly down in Philly. Yeah, I mean, DeMarco Murray, who he wasn't able to run through anything. And then he still isn't. I think he first, has like 12 yards. Yeah. First you look at like, I mean, Des Bryant went down. It's like, all right, we, we can, we can survive this. You know what I mean? We still have weapons. Tony can throw the ball. And then Tony goes down. It's just like, man, Tony's like the heart of our team. You know what I mean? Do I believe in Brandon Ween? I believe, I believe, you know, Brandon Ween didn't play bad on Sunday. He had that one stupid throw, which Romo's done in the past too. But I mean, it, it, yeah, that comes, that comes. It, it, anyway. I mean, yeah, it was just so, a high throw. Witten was roping. He was right there. He just didn't make the throw in. I think anybody but Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers do that. So, <laughs> I mean, right, exactly. Can't really blame or Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning can't throw that far if, anymore. If you look at it, I mean, that is not true. The running game got off to a hot start. It really did. Yeah, I've got I've got Randall on my one of my fantasy teams, and right. I was like, "This is amazing." Joel yep. Randall came out and scored three touchdowns in the first half, and then he was minus four yards the rest of the game. Yeah, so it's at the end of the day, I mean, we were up. It's it always like, it's always a balance, you know, a balance between and and for NFL teams to you know the the pass and the run. So we were up. I believe it was like eleven going into the half. And we were just shut out. Atlanta's yeah. a good team, though. They are a good team. Their, their defense just is, a, is a little bit better than expected. Where I fault Marinelli in the fact that he, he should have kept Morris Claiborne on Julio Jones. Because Julio, Julio Jones opened up a can of honest, you know what I mean, in the second oh half. God. But it all came off of Morris Claiborne was the only one tough enough and big enough to play with the guy. Julio Jones is a monster. He's a big guy. He's a big dude. And Moe played him decent. I'm not going to say he's going to shut him down. But Brandon Carr can't stick with him. You know, he's too little. It's like, no offense, it's like putting you on Julio Jones. That's how Brandon Carr's around the same damn height. Ooh, them's fighting words. You know what I mean? No, I'm not, I'm not insulting them at all. <laughs> I've but shut down just, some of the best uh, in my day. Our defense, <laughs> our defense just didn't show up second half, and I'm hoping we don't we don't see that again because they're going to have to carry us for a while. I okay. mean, Sean Lee, he's a, he's, a great, he's a great linebacker. I mean, he's all over the damn place, but he can't do it all. You know, so we'll see. I mean, hopefully we can withstand these injuries. It's not good. It's not good at all. I, I mean, think oh, I, I want to bring back, do you have, do you have a disappointment? That I've you got want to a go with? bunch of disappointments. Well, get, get, well, I, I just want to bring it back to Bears. Well, I'll bring it back to Bears afterwards. I want to bring Royce back to Bears when when you go when you're done. I'm going to throw out a couple out there: uh, Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs, oh. and Philadelphia Eagles. The, I think the Eagles. I, I I say the Colts one because I'm a Colts fan, but I think the Colts really were a huge disappointment for people because oh I God. don't. I they, don't yeah, know. they are because they, they were they were expected. They to do were. This. They were ushering out Peyton Manning and ushering in Andrew Luck against Tom Brady. And let's face it, that's that, you could see it coming, but it's not looking so clear cut anymore yeah. because P- 
Peyton Manning, although he hasn't looked great, his team's three and zero. Yeah. So, but yeah, they are. Philly is Philly is a crazy thing because you expected that run game. You got Demarco Murray. You have Ryan Matthews there. You are ready to just truck stick Darren people. Sproles Darren Sproles. You are ready to just run people over and make that this essentially your Oregon offense, Chip Kelly from back in the day. And you have, I really they're, honestly they're think one and two, right? You have yeah. like you have like 50, 50 rushing yards. I mean, legitimately, like, I don't think that's actually what it is, but it's something around, like, you don't have 100 yards rushing in three games. Like, if that is not a telltale sign of, I, you, I, any three of us could go to Dallas and probably rush for more yards than what the Eagles have rushed for here because of the offensive line in three games. Well, the, the Eagles even had a, have, have a really good run uh, offensive line as well because, they're, you know, you're not going to be one of the best rushing teams in the NFL without that. So. Yeah. You know, there's something going on there, which you know we don't know if it's just, you know, I mean, getting getting getting, getting used acquainted. to getting accustomed. Yeah, you know, they have so many. They, I mean, look at they lost Jeremy Macklin. They lost um, what's the guy? Who? Your, uh, Deshaun the Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Was, that they was lost uh, Lashawn McCoy. There you go. You know, there they you a, a bunch of guys on the offense that were huge parts of that offense that they lost, and they're hoping that these guys could step in and fill that void. You know, where they were, for the most part, up until that Nick Foles injury last year, they were looking pretty good along with the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, now they got Sam Bradford. Now they have um, DeMarco Murray. You know, they got rid of Macklin. They didn't really replace him. They were hoping Jordan... Nate Nate Aglor. Yeah, Nelson Aglor. Nelson Aglor. Uh, They're hoping Jordan Matthews could step up. Uh, so it's just it, you know we'll see New how players, this, we'll see how this we'll see how the season goes on. Demarco had what eighteen hundred yards last year. Yeah, and he's, he's predicted to have like seventy seven now at this point. The way yeah. he's running the ball, but then you know you look at you look at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs who were going to be waiting in the wings, you know, to, for Peyton Manning to decline. You know they got they got that good receiver that they haven't had in a very long time. And Jeremy Macklin came over from the Eagles, like we had mentioned. Um, and you know you have Jamal Charles, you have Alex Smith, you have a, a budding superstar and a tight end uh, as Travis Kelsey. You know, so you have and you had a pretty good defense. You know, granted, um, they don't, they're not, you know, they're not going to be in thirteen zero games, but they are going to get the takeaways when they need them, and and even put up points, put put points on the board for the Kansas City Chiefs. So they've been a real disappointment. I think their biggest thing was the sales got let out of them when Jamal Charles fumbled, Denver picked it up, and they had that game in their hands, and they blew it. Um, I think that was... That was terrible. That, and that I've was watched, what, I've watched, waiting in the wing. Uh, you know, they've been on primetime twice this year so far out of three games, and I watched two of those, obviously, you know, the two that I was able to watch the full entire game. And what the heck is going... I mean, they were down in Green Bay... You know, this past Monday night, they were down 14-0 before you could even blink an eye. Yeah. Yep. That's, 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 and, and, I don't think and, that says anything on them. I think it's all about, about but, Green Bay. But when they were trying to get back in the game, when it was only 14-0, which is, a, you know, you can mount a comeback at 14-0. When you're down, you know, by 20-plus points or 30-plus points, and you're trying to make a comeback, you know, it's kind of fool's gold because, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're moving the ball, you're looking good, but Green Bay is letting you. You know, and in that game against Green Bay, when they're down 14-0, and it's you know three straight screen passes, same exact play, same exact side of the field. You know, come on, throw, well, you you have. 
I mean, you if you have Jeremy Macklin, you have Travis Kelsey, and you have Jamal Charles, which is an excellent receiving running back, mix it up a little bit. You know, don't just run a little screen pass. Run a little, you know, uh, uh, a hook or a V pattern for Char- Charles. Not the same damn play every every well, time you, and, and expect, expect the same result. You want to go into that. Results. We don't want to get too much, but it's like the Steelers game the other night. I mean... You have the best running back in the NFL in Le'Veon Bell, and you decide to try and, and we, have Michael Vick throw the and ball. And we were we were mentioning repeatedly. That. We were mentioning that because Bell was falling forward for three yards. Yep, and all you needed was a yard. <laughs> you needed a yard. What two <laughs> One, or three times? Yep, and you you and decided you, to try and have Michael Vick run a run a bootleg a, yep, and then run, you know run throw Antonio, to Antonio Brown or throw to Le'Veon Bell in the flat, whatever it is. They gave that game up. So oh yeah, it was bad. I wanted to go back real quick because what you had said about you know losing Tony Romo and losing Des Bryant. I know it's not the caliber of that, but you lose Jay Cutler, you lose Alshon Jeffrey, you have two very similar, but the problem that the Bears have, because of their past and the ineptitude... They don't have an offensive line like that, well, though, either. that, and, you know, Brandon Whedon, whether or not he worked out in Cleveland or not, he's a very good backup quarterback. He's a very good backup quarterback. Well, that's quarterback. what he is. He's a backup quarterback. Exactly. But you have... Who do you have in Chicago? Jimmy Clausen is not a good backup quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. He's not a good backup quarterback. And so I think that's the the, the big problem, like we said before, is the person touching the ball every single time, regardless, is the quarterback. And when you don't have on, that person... On a side note, every time I see Jimmy Clausen, I always think of the lead singer of Sum 41. I don't know if any of you guys remember <laughs> that band. From I the, love Sum 41. <laughs> every time I was like, oh, I wish Jesus. Dead. That's funny. Anyways. So, well, uh, make sure that throughout the season, whether it be fantasy football or Bears football or whatever team you are, um, to check out us on, uh, on Twitter and on Facebook at Scrap City Sports. And for sure... Check out our website, uh, scrapcitysports.com. Um, we'll throw it out there again. If you want some stickers, some swag, we got a whole bunch of it sitting here. We want to give it away to you. So make sure to, uh, uh, DM us on Twitter or, uh, give us, a, give us a shout out on Twitter or Facebook and we'll make sure to get you some swag. But, um, this is, uh, we're wrapping up and so this is our time where we get to do, um, a minute of mic time, we call it. And so it's a minute you get to talk about whatever you want. We may cut that down from a minute, but, um, we'll just kind of get that going. So Roy, hit it up. Um, I mean, my mic time is brief, man. It's, it's I'm, it feels good to be back in here with you guys. I feel like I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, it's only been a few weeks, but uh, you know, I, I enjoy myself here all the time, and I'm glad we can all just except for when you lose. Yeah, you know, and, and, and <laughs> I was trying to get over that, man. I was just getting right, that there. was that was I, bad. I, I'm done. <laughs> mic time's over. <laughs> my mic time is. Uh, we're just gonna talk a little bit about I I, I personally. Two out of three of us here at this in this podcast like spicy foods. Um, Josh has a taste palette of a little child. Yes, Roy a second and I, year old girl. Roy <laughs> and I are are very much so into spicy things. But um, anyways, I it's been a bad year for planning things, you know, and, and growing things in your backyard. But anyways, I always plant spicy stuff, spicy peppers and stuff like that in my backyard. And I waited four months. Um, I had one ghost pepper plant. I had one ghost pepper come out in four months, and boy, did it not did it not disappoint. Uh, in the pregame show, I was chopping it up uh, so I could spread the wealth. Among, and it didn't smell spicy. It didn't smell spicy at all. I tasted it. It tasted for a brief second like a starburst, and then I cannot drink water fast enough. Holy cow, was that hot. Uh, and I just, I can't wait to taste the rest of it once it marinates a little bit uh, and see how that goes. But it's it's definitely, I don't know if anybody's ever tasted it. 
It's kind of similar to habanero pepper, but a lot spicier. A habanero is more of like a floral type yeah, pepper. Right. This was kind of like fruity. It was weird. <laughs> fruity, and then it just punched me right in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> I thought I, I thought I, I thought my facial hair and hair turned gray after I ate that. <laughs> and it was just like a little tiny yeah. sliver of it. And it wasn't, it wasn't anywhere close to the, to the seeds. So, uh, just sharing my experience there. Cool. Um, I want to end it up on a, on a real serious note. Um, if, for those of you that, uh, have watched the news or anything, um, on Thursday, uh, there was a shooting in Oregon, um, at a community college. Uh, you had, uh, some coward that went in and, and took nine people's lives, um, by, uh, by asking them what their religion were and executing, uh, certain people. But you have, uh, so I don't even, I don't even know the guy's name. I don't want to know the guy's name, but the name I want you to remember is a guy named Chris Mines or Mintz. Sorry, Mintz. Uh, Chris Mintz is an army veteran. He was in, uh, one of those classes and, uh, in that class and he, uh, took it upon himself to charge at the shooter. He was shot seven times. He's in the hospital recovering. He was shot seven times before he actually went down on his son's birthday to try and disarm the uh, the shooter um, to save everybody's lives. And so um, in a world where we have just this junky stuff going on over and over and over, and we like to escape reality a little bit and talk about sports and, and all that, um, I want to remind you of what's important, uh, your family and friends. So make sure you uh, give your, your mom, dad, uh, significant other friends, uh, kids, a big hug. Uh, tell me you love them. Um, and um, when we hear stories like this, I want you, uh, I, I personally um, here want you to remember the the people like Chris Mines who um, stood up for what was really, uh, really important was other people's lives rather than um, the name of some coward that uh, that decided to go in there and try and make a name for themselves. Um, so uh, I know that was on a very serious note. And, but and not, to, not to end on a sad or serious note, but um, just if anybody has any um, issues or needs help deciding who to start in fantasy football, tweet us or, 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 or shoot us a message on Facebook. We will use our consensus draft uh, strategy to help you pick the best possible lineup. Awesome. So with that, um, this is Chef Roy and Christopher. Um, I'm Josh. We want to uh, hope that you have a great rest of uh, football season or great, great next couple of weeks. And uh, we will talk to you uh, later. Hey, what's going on? The ice doesn't belong in here. It belongs out there. You, what, 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 what you three jabronis are leaving out here? If you smell what the rock is cooking. Let me see all your hamburgers right now. What? Lock your doors, lock your windows. I'll be coming to your house and your hamburgers. Even the frozen ones. I'll find them and I'll eat them. Because I am the hamburger. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Hey, you very good. See you next time. That's all, folks. Toodaloo. Au revoir. I'll feel the same. Ciao. Ding dong day. Get the hell out of here.